A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, October 28th. It's actually Monday today. You're listening to Waypoint yeah. Radio, episode 275. I'm Austin Walker. Joining me today, Patrick Klepek, Rob Zachney, Kato here in the booth. How's everyone going? How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? Not going. I'm not going anywhere. I'm where I'm at. For the I'm next great. Couple I've hours. unlocked the secrets of the universe. <laughs> the, the the celestial beings will be here soon. Um, James cool. Turn is the one, the maker, uh, literally the maker. The one that made the Eternals. The capital M. Celestial yes, beings he is are now. a group of teenage Gundam pilots. Oh, gotcha. Celestial mm-hmm. being double yeah. Gundam. That's who's uh, coming. <laughs> that they're coming. They're, listen, that thing ends in such a way that was not too different. From, I'm not going to talk about the end of a <laughs> ten year old Gundam show. Patrick, what are you? The fuck are you talking about? Who? James? Who? Man, so someone sent me in uh, uh, Mario Maker Mornings. If like, um, if you want, if you want to guarantee that I'll play your level. Or, or anything, really. You need to send me a postcard. So I got a P.O. box, and people send postcards. <coughs> and someone sent me a postcard that was like, hey, I don't, I'm not into making levels, but here are two levels that I'm having trouble with. I was like, you know, you're good at puzzling stuff out. Could you, like, give them a shot and see if you can kind of figure out what to do next? I was like, sure, okay. That's unconventional. But, hey, you sent the postcard, you know? You yeah. use your power however you choose. And uh, – so these two levels where it was by this uh, maker, James Turn, in which they claim to be auto levels, but they are, they are not. They, <laughs> that is just a bold-faced lie. Wow. Um, like one of them says, like, hold up, which is true for like 30 seconds and then not true at all. There's another one that's like, hold right, which is true, but also like not true at all. Like they're, they're, they're like, they're half-truths. Um, and uh, I got – I, I – Poked at one long enough that I was like, hopefully I gave you some – I feel like I got three-fourths of the level and pieced out during a section where it was going to make me navigate spin jumps through. Like, you know in Mario when there's the circle of ghosts that have a small gap mm-hmm. um, around them? Well, so there were two of those going in, you know, going in a circle, but – and then there were thwomps underneath. And in Mario, you can spin jump on a thwomp. And it seemed like it wanted me to thread the needle between the gaps of the ghosts to like, and I was just like, no, so like my, I, I don't value my time that much when I play Mario yeah. levels, but I value it more than, uh, uh, than these levels. So I was like, well, what, what else is this monster up to? Um, and I found this level that was called pathetic music level. Like that's Great just what name. it's called. Just path- And I was, you know what? You know what, James? I want to like know. Pathetic isn't shitty, or like pathetic as in a movement, like like pathetic, like a, like a <laughs> yeah. musical. Uh-huh. So, um, you know what? I'm inclined to think the latter after having <laughs> played it. That 
I, you know, the, I play Mario levels that are, uh, uh, and you see ones where people try to like weave a story, like, oh, what if the, here's Mario in World War II, or like Mario having a, a crisis. Like people try to like weave some like dramatic storytelling, use the limited tool set that Nintendo gives you. I think I'm this, this game. This level is actually art. So you 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 jump in to this stage, and it's got a, a kind of a twilight background the music. I think from like Super Mario Galaxy. Um, remaster those games, Nintendo. What are you doing? Like, come on. Um, and you, I hold forward, and all of a sudden Mario like doesn't move normally. And then I hit the jump button and realize I'm in a swimming level. It's a swimming in space level, which is a new thing you can do in Mario Maker 2. Swimming levels are the worst. They're they're, they're not fun. They're not good. Um, but they exist, you know, like many uh, ills in society. Um, uh, but they're there. And so it turns out, so like, I, I'm making my way through it. Says, oh, you got to collect 69 coins. Um, and I was like, uh, I don't know if this is like a ha-ha or if it's just he just likes the number 69. I don't know. Like, James turns surprises me in all sorts of ways. And as it turns out, so... You navigate this level collecting maybe, uh, I think, 19 coins, and then you, you, you get the rest by collecting a 50, uh, a 50 burger at the, at the end. And then you drop down onto an automatic uh, sort of like uh, – there's these items in Mario, these platforms, so like these little skulls, and they go along a track. So you go on those, and then the track you know like moves forward. And then this the whole time, there's only a timer for, I think, 100 seconds. And you clearly get within, like, spitting distance of the end. Like, you can't swim there. You can't jump there. You just need the track to get there close enough. And what basically, you need to optimize your swimming. Like, that your flutters need to be exact so that you are always moving. And when you're in downward descents, you're not tapping a flutter. You need to, like, have timed your flutter. So I'm doing this, like... You are describing sorts Flappy of like, Bird. The thing you're describing Flappy is Bird. Flappy yeah. Bird. But like a pixel-perfect run of Flappy right. Bird. And all the while, I cannot convey the haunting music that accompanies this. It's just... I, I don't even have a... I, you know, I don't even have a clip. We'll just have to look at... It's just... Yeah, just we'll look trust it me. Just was like, it full of pathos and sadness? Yes. <laughs> How yeah, are the this lyrics? is why I felt... Huh. I felt as though like I was unlocking... Secrets of the Cosmos every time that the music... Because it was also... So it was an... Uh, you can set up tools in Mario Maker where music plays, like, automatically outside of... Like, you can do music notes to, like, construct something in a very, like, Mario Paintish sort of way. So you have this, like, haunting melody that is playing... <sighs> but, like, it's not, like, sp- spooky. It's just, like, off. Like, it just doesn't feel right. Like, you know, like, certain kinds of music just doesn't feel correct in a way and this music did not feel correct and the whole time I'm flapping through and multiple times I would make it to where Mario is gets to the axe and the axe signals the end but it, that's it he wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't get there like I would be a, a half second a quarter second it was just it you was a through, lot I, I, feel, I, I feel like I've, I will not spoil I've, whether or not you, you got through it people should go watch on your <laughs> twitch it's very good. It, I, it's art. I think it's one of the best levels I've ever played. It's incredible. James Turn, the pathetic music level. Great. Top 10. <laughs> Put it in game. the highlight reel, Nintendo. <laughs> Do they have a highlight reel? No, they're that'd trash be, that, at <laughs> highlight <laughs> levels. Yeah, that would be great if there was a weekly like thing that was like, here's the They do do like a Twitter. Th- they do like a Twitter thing. Not where, what I like, want. We'll let show users you clips. create levels, but we will be goddamned if we celebrate our knowledge. <laughs> 
No, you can't watch clips of levels. You can't watch people beat. It's, yeah. yeah. Anyway, don't start me down that road. We'll start talking about hitboxes. Sorry. Anyway. Everything else all right in the world out there? Any, anyone else having? Oh, yeah, uh, everything's transcendental? great. Awesome. Yeah, everything's good. Uh, I just really want to know if anyone else is having any sort of like beautiful transcendental moments with the games that they're playing lately. I feel like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I beat Final Fantasy XIV's main quest. Uh, I'm going to figure out... <laughs> Those were, <laughs> Austin, those words were you journey. finished it? <laughs> I beat A Realm Reborn, the first. I saw credits. Credits played. I'm now in the 100 quest long road to the first uh, expansion. They it's basically, you know, a game comes out. It, there's the, You beat it. Uh, it's, it's an MMO. And they update it with new stuff because, like, patches drop. And every patch, like, oh, here's 10 new quests or whatever. Here's 20 new quests. Mm -hmm. They do that five times before they drop the expansion. Each of those patches, each of those five patches had, like, approximately, I guess, 20 new main story quests mm -hmm. plus a bunch of side stuff. It's lore dump time, baby. My understanding, <laughs> that, that game ends with, like. It's Austin time. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see. see we'll see about that. This is what's great about our era. See, yeah. like it used to be so. Like when I, like I visited uh, the Pergamon Museum in Berlin, and it occurs mm -hmm. to me that time was you used to actually have to conquer the Assyrians mm -hmm. and then like march down the processional way to the gate of Ishtar to like have that experience. These days, Austin can go on his own processional. Yeah, of a hundred quests. Of a hundred quests to At the minimum. gate. Of the new Final Fantasy expansion. Where there are the dragons. By Catholics. way of celebrating his triumph of rebirthing the realm. Uh, that is what? how the game ends. Like, I I have it in my head that we should do. Hmm. I have been in contact with one Natalie Watson, who also saw credits on A Realm Reborn. And I was thinking <laughs> yes. maybe. Uh, yeah, I've seen. I've, I, if you've watched uh, Natalie's Instagram, you're well aware of oh her. Oh, God, I have uh, not seen this. Final Fantasy plan. God. Yeah. I think that sometime in the coming weeks, after we're out of, like, the embargo zone, we should do a Realm Reborn summary episode where she and I just talk about and maybe Kato because Kato you're going to need this you you know yeah, you're so I, far ahead you don't know what happened I have no clue. <laughs> I think maybe we should have a moment where we just walk wait through. did you forget or do you just you just totally skip no Kato like, Kato skipped just totally Kato spent a yeah. boost you didn't yeah, just I skip the 100 yeah <laughs> I skipped <Rob>. more than <laughs> Kato skipped probably 400 quests or something I'm 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 out in 5.0 and Austin's at 2.x 2.1 now yeah, yeah. 2.x yeah 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 <laughs> So, you, yeah, Kato skipped three the base here's game a, plus a bunch of experiences. Here's a question. In yeah. base game, yeah. are quests split up in such a way that 100 really means like 100 what you think of traditionally as quests? No. there's like Of those 100, mm. there will be like tw my guess. This is my guess. I've not yeah, seen this list. Yeah. You, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I bet it's like six trials, maybe five trials, which are big like arena boss fights. Mm -hmm. Probably a handful of dungeons plus old dungeons but with a harder mode, like a hard mode of the original game dungeons. Yeah. Maybe five new dungeons and then uh, a bunch of run and go talk to a person somewhere else in the map. Yeah. Teleport there, but now with extra lore. My understanding is like, that game ends and it, there's a there's at least one or two sentences where I hit screenshot because like, I only know three of the words in the sentence and those <laughs> words are like, I, the, and Magitech. <laughs> And all the rest of those the words in that sentence are complete bullshit to me. Uh, oh. And so this is like, they set up a bunch of stuff at the end of that game to be like, uh-huh, here, mm, La Habrea, uh, you know, the Asians, 
I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> who? who? Uh, okay. So, so I'm gonna get a bunch of lore dump shit, and I, I will say that seeing credits was the was the strongest moment for me to think I wasted my fucking time. Uh, um, <laughs> it, not not in a way that made me not not in a way that makes me gonna it's gonna make me quit. Because people keep telling me this is the best Final Fantasy game out there. We're gonna, oh, man. You're going to get my, there. This is my this favorite. Is it's so good. Oh, my God. This is, well, so the thing for me that is you like. People I, told me this I, was the best Final Fantasy. <laughs> I'm going to eat 400 hours I truly still believe. That, like, so there are some like beats in the end there. That I'm like, oh, cool. I can't wait to see this character again. Uh, the guy who is like uh, has uh, his who is petty as shit because there's another great engineer who like overshadows him and he's made his life goal to like make society recognize his genius. I'm curious what's going to happen with that motherfucker. It's clear he's going to come back. I think he already showed back up as like mysterious stranger wearing the shittiest mask I've ever seen. <laughs> and like, motherfucker, you're the only like blonde, blonde haired white dude in this game. You're it's you. You're that guy in the mask for sure. Uh, but like, I'm curious about that stuff. I bet it delivers on that stuff. But this was the the moment that it so clearly crystallized. Like, this is 50 hours I could have put into something that was not building to something else, but was like, I'm done. I'm done it. It's out of my life now. Uh, I I spent time with characters I like all the way through that, not just in bits and pieces. I'm not just developing something that in 200 hours. And, and that is like a, as honest as I can be about that experience. It's like I do I do suspect there will be a time when I look back on this and I go, oh, I'm glad I got, I got to meet those characters. But it is not now. It is also <laughs> deeply honest about the fact that I've not had a good time up until now. Uh, it, you it ever also, seen a man grasp at straws before? No, because I, I, I I'm not denying. I'm not denying no, I haven't I had know, a good time. Know, do you know I what know. I mean? Like I, know. I don't, I know, I know, but and but I, I'm still enjoying. Like that character surely will be interesting later. Seems like they have they potential. Will invest I just, in I'm that character. Yeah, what, what I, what I, watching you, you're right. Have a bad time. You're grasp right. Onto the things that, like, hopefully, I hope, I hope that be, they do something here. I hope that. I've said the biggest thing for me, the thing that I do keep coming back to that is about structure. And my my understanding is they give you more time with characters, <laughs> but who the fuck? No, I don't know that I believe people. Um, uh, in a JRPG. You have characters who you like, and you spend lots of time with them. Mm -hmm. They're in your party. You, you know, uh, in in Western style RPGs, you get some banter. In Japanese style RPGs, you get lots of like them talking through the main quest as you do stuff, and you get a little bit of that here. Uh, you also just, like get to know who they are because you're controlling them, and you kind of like, oh, okay, this is what their ability set is. Like, I feel like I understand who uh, Sabin is, Sabin is, because he he did a suplex on that ghost train. I get him. You know what I mean? I understand who he is, uh, and. The this game doesn't have that. Like it's a, it's an MMO fundamentally, and so you're not spending time with the major characters of the game. They're like they're bookended all the at every, at the end of beginning and end of every quest. And so like there is a degree to which the thing I want most is to spend more time with these characters. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wish that they were just like directly integrated into the game in the way that they would be in a JRPG because like that is what would get me to care about them more. Um, we'll see. I I am. If if someone wanted to make the compelling case that goes beyond Austin, you're not having a good time, stop, because I think that's like, yeah, no shit. Like, I know that. That's not making me stop. <laughs> I need a more compelling <laughs> argument than that. That would be the time. Like, this is, I'm at my weakest. I'm at my, like, hmm, hmm, what else could I have done? Uh, with the note that I am, I am excited to talk about the lore of this game mm. because that is just in its own form a fun way to pass time. So at some point in the next month or so, I think, the next few weeks maybe, once we have a little bit of space, I think we should do a, a 
a minor lore episode about <laughs> about a realm reborn. What is <laughs> what is a minor lore? It's a fucking it's a special lore reasons. It's, I'm gonna get fucking Natalie in here. We're gonna sit down in front of a microphone and we're gonna talk through the story of the game we both beat. And I bet we can't talk about with clarity, even though we both just put 50 hours into this thing. Good. So okay. we'll see. What's that's that is my that is my current thought that we should we should spend one week or one uh, episode on this stuff. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Not a transcend. Not a transcendent experience for me. Uh, also, not yet a transcendent yes. experience for me. The Outer Worlds, a game I am now twenty five hours into. Um, Rob, I've unlocked the big area that comes after Monarch. I wrapped up Monarch. I've now. I'm now in Byzantium. I'm well. I wasn't going to say it, but yes, <laughs> yes. They tell you the name of the major like capital rich person city in the. First they do. Zone, so I, I like it was actually going to go there. I actually didn't think I would go there because I thought it would be beyond their budget. I thought it was going to be one of those things that it's like ah Byzantium. It's off of the distance, and maybe there's a story twist so that I never go there because I don't know that they can render it in interesting detail. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent. that's they, that's what they say about Chekhov's gun. You put it on the wall, and that means nobody will ever interact with it. Well, I, it. my actual guess was like I'm going to show up, and it's going to be it's not going to exist. Like a, There's nothing. Yeah. There is no Byzantium. The corporate board is a fucking fib. Blah 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 blah. Mm. Like, okay, what is their way of not needing to render a big golden city? <laughs> you know, uh, and their answer yeah. is actually kind of interesting. Like I do think the little section of it that you get and the state that it's in is interesting, um, but. Um, I, I am really curious, uh, uh, where you are, Rob, now having finished it all the way and Patrick, I know you've spent some time with it. Um, and, um, I, my, my, my gut says that we're all on like an interesting receptive, you know, spectrum of, of this thing where our, I'm probably, I'm, I'm guessing I'm somewhere between the two of you in enjoyment levels right now. Well, Rob, you've, you've finished it. So like we, we, I don't think we talked between you finishing and like kind of seeing where the game's like arc lands for you. You met, do you want to talk about that a little bit before we get into? I mean, with it? so the thing that I sort of lead off my review with that I think is an apt description of the uh, my experience playing the Outer Worlds is the experience I had with the first zone, Edgewater, was basically the experience I would have with the entire game, and it would just keep repeating as I went through the game. And so when I consider the game as a whole, it's basically the arc I was on in Edgewater, <laughs> but it now encompasses the entire game. And that is a little bit unfortunate because there was a lot that graded on me in those in those early hours. I don't think the parts of the game that kind of got on got under my skin ever completely went away. I don't think some of the later zones are particularly well realized. Uh, like, you know, the place we were just talking about Byzantium. Um, I, like I was, I was also surprised Austin, how in depth it was. I was expecting it might be like my, my thought was the solution we would get is it would be a very funneled, like not necessarily yeah. a cutscene, but it would be one of those like go to the palace, right, right, right. And you, you can have, see the skybox. It's like the tower from Destiny. You know, like you're in one <laughs> right. place. Totally, that would make sense. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was expecting, uh, and it's considerably uh, more elaborate than that. On the other hand, it also felt a little bit to me like Monarch is the most fully realized location they have with the like largest number of 
storylines that you can intervene in and address. As I went through the game, it began to, even as Byzantium was still pretty large, everything did begin to feel like it was funneling down. And then the end game, I thought, wrapped up the threads in a pretty interesting way. Cool. But I'm also not sure that the part that I controlled, like the epilogue where you find out what happened in the ramification of of your actions. I thought that was interesting. Like I think the outer worlds ended up having some interesting positions about the dilemmas it had laid out and what the actual stakes for the story had been throughout at the same time, the actual last act that I controlled as a player was pretty forgettable. Now, admittedly, part of that is I was in the I need to roll credits. <laughs> I need to beat this game. Mode. Yeah. Uh, but the other part of it was definitely that the entire last zone, like the game does the uh, Mass Effect 2 thing where, well, it's a pretty standard thing, where there's clearly a last area you can go to, a last quest. And before you go, with every, like everyone's like, hey, <laughs> We might not make it back from this. World's you gonna want be very different. Quest, you want to yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you got any uh, science weapons you, you haven't picked v- up vending yet? machines you haven't found yeah, yet? Yeah, exactly. So I got so I went on that last quest, Austin. And remember that uh, stealth check thing that we talked about that you'd only seen the once? Yeah, I've seen My it one stats, more time since then. By the way, yeah. I saw it throughout the entire last sequence, which is pretty extensive. <laughs> so wait, you were just stealth? You stealthed your way through the end game. Stealthing would be really like uh, you talked your ba- way through, like the- barefacing my way through <laughs> it. I think is more the like I had uh, the little like fake hollow disguise thing. So I literally walked through this entire massive level. I kind of impressed. I'm impressed at their commitment, their willingness to just wad yeah. up this entire level design. It was like the Panopticon and Control kind of, uh, just in terms of like huge like set piece vertical. Uh, chamber where it's like there's someone at the top that we need to see and there's tons of guards and literally all of them will be like hey do i recognize you and if your lie check is high enough your persuade check is high enough you can just be like hey mind your own goddamn business (laughs) we should explain for people like to set up like how this mechanic works is like uh like uh, once you get out of like edgewater the first main area this you know scientist that unthaws you gives you this uh, device that basically there are like various points where like there'll just be a big like security check that you can walk through and like you're not allowed to go into those areas without someone being like hey I mean you can shoot your way through I guess but like basically you, when you walk through you it transforms the like dis- like the the costume of all your characters to look like cops or whatever like based on whatever is the theming um, and. Uh, there's a meter at the bottom and that meter when it runs out, like it's not like the disguise goes away, I guess, but people get suspicious and it's, it's literally like has charges to it. Like there's like, you can do it once, you can do it twice. I think you can do it three times where if you, every time that you get quote unquote spotted, someone run like some guard suddenly goes, Hey, and they, they go, what are you up to? And then you can like, Based on your dialogue choices, like you can be aggressive, you can intimidate, you can lie, and those checks get higher like every time that like you have to repeat doing it. Um, but it basically lets you, you go through areas of the game, like you know, like a like a I would you know behind a the, the back of a hospital is what I one of the ones I went through uh, this weekend. But it's an it's an interesting 
because yes. it doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Like it's like wavy. A, yeah. But like, I, w- I wish there was like the writing was a little sharper about like the weirdness of the situation. Because like, this is same, like literally you, you're standing there. Com- they t- yeah. The meter goes down. They turn around and go, hey, buddy, what are you doing? And then, yeah, the lie check is is like nothing at all and they're like all right i don't want any more paperwork turn around like go through <laughs> idle animation increase to 35 45 you know check as it goes up and up you're still not up to anything right <laughs> definitely not as you as you clearly are looting like, yeah, the, the back kneeling next warehouse. to a safe and empty safe couldn't be me <laughs> just where i i'm well, just hanging out i'm just vibing <laughs> that way officer yeah you can do that when you're stealing too. Like, uh, uh, like, I'm a person. I remember when, when Rob mentioned like how brazenly you can just like steal in this game. I was like, oh, let's see how far I can push that. And like I had a moment where I was just like, the only thing I really care to steal is like the the hacking uh, yeah, bits, yeah, like yeah. or the lockpick bits um, to get through, to open doors. Um, and so I was, anytime I see that, I'm like, I'm I don't care who you are or what your situation <laughs> that is. That shit is mine. If, if this is if this is gonna put you in a bad spot, like I'm taking I'm taking those items. And yeah, like someone hustles over, is like, what are you doing? Like, why'd you grab that? And then it's like lie check fifteen. It's like, I didn't do anything. And boom, they're like, okay, sir, you seem suspicious. Walk away. <laughs> yep. the, end, <laughs> the end of this game is seriously like if all of Star Wars were just. Han, Luke, and Chewie walking through that Death Star <laughs> to like a self-destruct button, Amazing. and just like in front of everybody, being like, "Hey, Chewie, you unlocked the self-destruct safeties? Cool!" <laughs> and people being like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And, <laughs> That's like, a good Han, stormtrooper. Han doing his entire shitty like, "Oh, uh, I just got this Wookie, and uh, what are you doing?" And everyone's like, "Good answer." Perfect. <laughs> what am I doing? Off. I forgot. I needed to be doing something. <laughs> God. Um, besides the sales mechanic, Patrick, how are you finding the game? Are you, so you're on Groundbreaker at this point, which is like the second, yeah, ma- sort of major area. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a pit stop that also kind of seems like an in between a- before you, like, yeah, yeah you get access yeah. to your ship, and then you know you get access to the wider map, and you start getting some quests that will send you to to different uh, areas. So yeah, I'm I'm dealing with the engineering. Uh, problems on 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 that uh on that big trading uh post right now um yeah i i um i'm liking it quite a bit but not like it like in fits and starts yeah um um, it was interesting like the the moment that sort of like crystallized for me like like what i can enjoy about these games what i come to them for and like something i didn't find a lot in fallout 4 in like the hours at least i played was uh like sort of like the resolution to like the first main quest in Edgewater, which I actually would we like just, to let's just talk spoil through in that. a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely yeah we'll just that. yeah. If you, I figure at this point, like anyone that's played Our Worlds has probably encountered this. If not, maybe this would like give you some insight into like what's interesting or what people. I think what people are responding to because when I tweeted about like my own <laughs> crisis over like what to to do, like. I didn't put a lot of work into that tweet, but I got like some of the most like responses to that, like which I think is reflective of like the certain buttons that these games can push on people. Um, so like, you know, like, yeah, the main arc in, in Edgewater is, uh, you know, you go and meet the town boss in Edgewater and he's like, Hey, these deserters um, are siphoning, you know, a power from the power plant. I need you to go to the power plant and divert that power 
to Edgewater and then they won't have power and they'll come back. I'll have all my workers and that quota that we're behind on uh, we'll get get back to. Um, and it sets up like a classic sort of like like it's so like obvious that like I'm not going to do that shit, buddy. Like his like, town I'm, sucks, the, by the way. Yeah. The thing that we have not said is like that town is like filled with people who are dying of a plague. And the solution to that is yep. to put them in a house so they can die there and then overwork yep. the grave digger so that he can bury them in a certain like there are a moat of graves around Edgewater as the bulk of this. And, town's and, the, and the people died. in the sick bay are so paranoid that they're being listened to and that the meager things that they do have, like you can walk into the sick, like the, the basically like the closet that they have shoved the, the people stricken with the plague with and try to offer them like assistance. Like you can do like a persuasion check on one of them. It's like, Hey, I've got like this uh, medicine that at least like give you some comfort. And like, no, like if anyone finds out that like an off world or, you know, gave yeah. me like, you like you're just, it's a shit town. It's a shitty guy. And all it, like it sets up that like you know very it's pushing the player in the direction of like of course like why would you side with them which I should have seen as like slightly suspicious at how like one sided they were setting up what would seem to be a false choice but that's uh, Rob I saw you were trying to yeah say no just before a world building touch I appreciate here is it's a cannery that's their industry is they're yeah. running a cannery that can saltuna but the cannery keeps breaking because they're not. They're no longer canning fish, which is what the entire facility was designed to process. They're processing like bugs from the area. (laughs) And they're like, we just need to keep putting out more saltuna. And like literally when you meet Parvati, she's like, yeah, but we don't have saltuna. We're we're just like we're just wedging the stuff into the machine and it keeps breaking. And like that is actually setting up something important, which is that everything about this sort of colonial economy is networked and like vertically like vertically integrated, but those connections are breaking down. Like it's not that saltuna went away. Saltuna came from somewhere else. And you go to Monarch and they're like, God, we're up to our eyeballs in saltuna. Uh, and so like, I do love that, like what seemed like a throwaway gag, which was that the cannery, the fish cannery is no longer making fish, uh, ends up <laughs> being kind of an interesting, like canary in the coal mine for what is happening across Halcyon. Uh, yeah. Um, and so like where it goes from, from there is that you eventually go and meet like the deserters who are, uh, led by was, uh, Adelaide is the, the. Yeah, yeah, the main one, Adelaide is the, um, is the yeah. Um, and you meet her, and she's like, "Yo, you know, big problem here is that we can't uh, we can't grow shit. Like the soil is is cursed." And she's like, "I figured it out actually. I've spoken to the earth. Now, <laughs> where where that goes is a fun little twist about how she has spoken to the earth. Um, but like regardless, uh, she you know is like hey actually that town sucks like there you know there's there's no reason to you know support them we should actually stick it to them and there's you know we don't owe them anything and you're like yeah like yeah of course like okay this is a, a you know uh you know on some level an anti-capitalist you know critique uh in or a capitalist critique and like so of course this is where they're going to point you towards and that's going to be the easy choice is like divert the power away from Edgewater and like try and like just completely reboot this town and pull up its roots and see what happens. Um, and you go to the power plant and 
like, you know, you do the whole, you, you oh, go turn on these three switches. You do all the rote stuff the game is asking you to do. And then there's a computer because there's always a computer in these games. And it's going to give you an arbitrary, like, pick left or right. Yep. And it's, it's, it is. And it, it is. It is an arbitrary, like, you're going to send it to Edgewater or uh, you're going to, you know, send it to the, to, the, to the deserters in Adelaide and her group. And right before you do that, like, the, as you're walking up to the terminal – like the first companion uh, that that you pick up, uh, Pavari. 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 Yes. Yeah. Parvati. Parvati. Sorry. I was just like, wait, that's wrong. Pavardi, like the cheese. Um, they come up to you and just like, hey, um, so I I realize you're about to go make a choice here, and I to paraphrase like sort of their their pitch is like, look, um. The people in that town, like, aren't in those circumstances because they chose to be. Like, they're in a shitty situation. If you take away their power, like, they're going to be in a worse situation. You haven't, you're not helping them by doing that. You're making people's lives who suck, suck even worse. And she frames this all, like, all as, like, not that they're telling you what to do. More just like, hey, like, I've been here. I've grown up here. These are like good people stuck in bad circumstances. You're going to take good people in bad circumstances and put them in worse circumstances. You know, like, just think about it. And I had went from like being so confident in the decision I was going to make to 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 like the, the classic uh, put down the controller as I'm sitting in front of the, the two choices. I'm like, well, fuck. Like, all right. Good point. You know, like that, the, the I don't know well, that necessarily diverting that power is going to help. Parvati makes turn one other put- note, too. She's like, Adelaide's kind of mean. There's something spiteful about they Adelaide. Do, so, yeah, they said, mm-hmm. like, the, yeah, but, yeah, there is a line which leaves in the back of your mind that, of course, you should always suspect that, especially characters in games like this, like, there's, they're hiding more than you yeah. know. None well, of that came up. In any of the dialogue what? that I found, oh really? I don't know if you can find. Oh yeah. So did you? We, fi- we could just talk you, through. Could you be suspicious of her? Yeah, I went back at that point. I was like, oh, let me go talk to everybody and and see what the story is here that I had not found. What is the beef between the mm. two of them? Do you know what the beef is? So you put you walk up to this choice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. found I found I, I I learned about is the, the beef about the the you know the 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 plague uh, stricken son yes. that doesn't get the medicine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you can find out about that before you make the choice. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. But also, okay. I was like, "Yeah, okay, yes, that is the the game does its best to be like." And so, her motives are not truly altruistic. Her motives are so about I, I vengeance, see, uh, not about. And I'm I like, don't know that, that you absolutely that would have back that much. No, 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 no. I'm not yeah, I'm yeah. disputing that you can't find it. I'm just saying, like, that's not where, like, why I fell on switching my choice. My the reason I switched my choice from like <laughs> diverting the power from to Edgewater was like. I'm not from here. I'm like a, an outsider. Like most of these games set you up as like the outsider who knows everything, who knows better than the people who have had these lived experiences mm-hmm. and that you're the hero type. You're here to make the right decision. And like on its face, I was like, yeah, like the choice I would normally make in this game would be fuck the town. Like however bad it's going to get, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a bandaid that needs to be ripped off in pursuit of, like a great, you know, something better down the road. I was like, you know, like, I was like, I don't know if I buy that, like, entirely. Or like, maybe that's true, but also it's going to hurt a lot of people in the short term. I don't know what the medium to long term 
actually, it seems just as likely that you shut down that power. Uh, corporate just came and turned all those automatons in the factory to just slaughter those people for a reason I wasn't quite sure, was to say they don't just slaughter this whole town in retaliation, abandon the post, and start over. Whereas, like, well, if, if Edgewater gets the power, and yeah, that sucks for the des- the deserters because they were building something on their own, but I don't know that I need... I don't know that it makes sense for me to be the hero type here. Maybe I should listen to the person who's lived here their whole lives, and, like, this is what they think they should do, and if what I'm doing is trying to empower the people that live here, maybe I should leave it to them. And so I end up, like going against what I thought it was like in my gut was the right choice. And I went with what she suggested. Cause it seemed like I should listen to her and not play the hero. Now granted yeah. it worked out for me, I guess, because the game offers some really yes. interesting consolatory to thread. Yeah. Um, from there, like ba- basically what happens is you, you divert the power. Those people are fucking pissed at you. And um, although like it's quickly revealed that the rest of the townsfolk, the deserters were not necessarily like having the greatest time out here. Like it, you know, it was like there was a fight the power, but also like, I don't think we're going to last very long. Like the, like there was a sense like the marauders were going to like destroy this town any day. And at Edgewater, at least like with its walls provided some measure of, of safety. And then it offers up uh, a, a needle you can thread where basically you can go back to the town you can find out, like, I, that's where I found out about the conflict between Adelaide and who's the town boss? Reed. His name. Reed. Uh, yeah, Reed. You know, you can find out that he, you know, chose to keep medicine away from her son because he gave it to someone else. Um, you can go and speak with him, explain that, well, if you leave, then the deserters and Adelaide will come back. Because also Adelaide has found out that if you grind up corpses and put it in the ground, the soil will make plants again and you can and you can have a greenery and if you leave she'll come in and she'll she'll do that and i figured that was just gonna be like a really high like perception check that it's like hey dude if you haven't invested all of your dialogue options this is just gonna be like one of those choices that you're not gonna be able to to go with and it doesn't really work that way basically the dude admits that like i have a long history my dad my dad was a spacer's choice boss my grandfather he's like this is what i do i've tried i the game does goes a little too far in like trying to make you feel sympathetic to a dude that I understand. I on some level understand the compromise position he was in, but a little too quickly mm, says, "Yeah, yep, all right, yeah, I guess I'll How leave." How many? Um, all of those graves have been on his hands, right? Rob, you also had well, something a second ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I had a feeling I kind of liked Reed when I went back and talked to him because the game doesn't encourage you to go back and talk to him. Like you get your quest from him, it's very easy to forget that he's up there in mm-hmm. the, yeah. uh, in, in the tower. Um, when you a- start asking him about some of the backstory about where the deserters went, what went ra- wrong here, there's this always this vibe you get from him that like he knows he fucked up. There is a tremendous amount of guilt around it. And the other thing that I try to bear in mind with Reed is that like he's basically a glorified foreman. Like he manages these workers, but like he's not actually like the company in a lot of the key ways, right? Like, I mean, his his amount of agency is also pretty small here. Um, with the, uh, the choice, it's only as small as Adelaide's is. He's a person who is in who has a position of authority who could who could decide. I mean, his authority is only as as distinct as the people we meet on Monarch, uh, and both of the the leaders on Monarch make big decisions about their communities. Like, I don't want to rinse that dude's hands, or more importantly. 
I think it's important to to recognize the way in which the writers of Outer Worlds do a sort of hand washing of Reed in that way that is like, ah, oh, but isn't he just a middle manager? Don't we? Don't, shouldn't our our site be higher than that? And I think that formally, the way that this that this mission plays out is really fascinating at, at getting at when we talk about how a game can have. Uh, a kind of underlying politics in its structure, things like when and under what conditions do additional options for reconciliation become available. So, for instance, if you choose to side with Adelaide here, you do not then get another step where it's like, and because you are the hero of this of this galaxy or this system, you can then go back to the people at uh, the people at uh, Edgewater and and convince more of them to join up with the with the commune and separate themselves and join the deserters town like that is not available. So it just to you. ends. Like that's, that's it. Just, she that's just she the kind end of, of quest? she hmm. that is when the thing happens that Rob talked about last week, which is she says. Uh, yeah, I'll let you in if you renounce your loyalty to the corporations and you kind of pass my litmus test for being a good radical. Uh, as if, as if they've pulled a mask off from her and said, "Aha! Here it is. Here is the twist. She is a bad one. She was doing this because of her dead son, not because she has an, a big warm heart." And also, did you know about the bodies she's using? <laughs> Which they play on that on that path at least as being this like gotcha sort of. Um, more mm. than as like uh, I, I, like yeah okay good you're decay using is well, it's like it's play- no exactly exactly that's my thing though it's right? played for like it's I think it's I felt it was more like a comedic gotcha than yeah. it was like uh, so, like I remember I cackled like I cackled at the reveals like oh right like this is one of the things that I enjoy about these games is like little details like that where it's like, so then you go back, you have to go back at that point to the the factory to get the power converter thing. Cause the whole thing is you're trying to get a power converter from, from this town to get it put in your ship so you can leave. Uh, And uh, you have to go get it. When you go there, Reed is like, well, you fucked us. I hope you're happy that you fucked us. Why'd you fuck us? And if you go like, uh, fuck the corporations, he goes, he says the basic thing, which is like, this is not going, this is a drop in the bucket. Like you've wasted your time. You're a naive asshole. If you say like, I just wanted to stab you in the back. He's like, well, at least that's honest. <laughs> at least that's an honest thing. <laughs> um, and, and then he's like going to, he's basically threatening to kill you. And then you can talk him off of that. And then he and his people just leave. Uh, they just like, he just bounces, right? Rob, I don't remember if you if you went so, that, yeah. that route. So, so he yeah. leaves anyway? Oh, yeah. yeah I, t- I talked him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the we, I never asked to be liberated uh, thing mm-hmm. fr- from him. But I don't know. I mean, the, the thing that, like, Reed reminded me a lot of, like, a four-minute factory where I did work, where everything was, like, literally everything was too old. And we kept like the factory was going to routinely struggle to meet production quotas and there's no incoming investment. And the choice guys like that are given is if you do not make your numbers, it's not going to be we're going to replace you. It's going to be we're probably shutting this factory down, right? Like we're in the cash cow mode of this industrial process. And your job is to be the steward of making sure that we continue to get revenue without investment. And the alternative is we just cut the entire thing off. And so, like, with with a character like Reed, I sort of drew a line between, like, he has an agency that a lot of the workers under him do not have. But at the same time, he is also somebody very much – he is someone whose decision-making power and agency have been instrumentalized by the corporation to – 
perform their ends. Totally. Right? I, and so that's that's where I came down to read is like I understood how he ended up there. I've seen guys go through that. I don't like dudes who make those choices, <laughs> but at least I have sympathy for the unpalatable menu they're given and why they go the way they do. Yeah, I mean, I just wish they'd, they'd gotten that in earlier, right? So you made the choice to go back and talk to him and get a better sense of that. In my arc of it, it's all dumped in at the very end where you, I get all these dialogue choices where I can then learn about his family history, how he's <laughs> like a shitty bureaucrat who made bad choices even if like his – like he he wanted to make better ones, but he made bad – he he was given bad cards and played them even worse um, and you can have a sympathy through that but to have that all like dumped in on you where it's like ah he's the evil shitty boss and then no wait 180 turn feel <laughs> sympathy for him and then also he underst- he actually secretly understands that he's bad at his job he'll leave and it seems like That's he's gonna be banished like- from the corporation and not have anything it's just way too much of a character arc way too fast yeah. where it's like when I slow down break it down I go Oh, like okay, I can see how I could have been walked through that. What I what I needed was at some point a reason to go back to him before the quest was wrapping up to get that context for the character. So it like plants the seed or more of that up front. Like just some reason like, hey, you gotta go back, talk to Reed. And they you you get in a little bit of like who this character is, their their background. Not so much because like I don't I still think he's a bad actor. Like he he made like really, really like, especially with like regards to the plague, like seems like he could have been more transparent about like what was going on, why people are sick. Like there's, I think he like confesses to not understanding why there's the plague, even as your player player characters like waving their hand about like, do you think it's probably because of what you're feeding people? Um, when when do you think it started? And there's like there's an ignorance there that is not um forgivable. Like if he's clearly if he's choosing to put blinders on, like that's not bad. That's not. Uh, someone uh, being forced into a bad situation because they're a cog in a shitty machine. That's someone like, be, you know, being willfully ignorant and, and hurting people in the process. But I wanted more of that sooner because at the end it just felt like so so rushed and abrupt. Where it's like I have a sudden respect for you, but also disgust. I'm confused, and uh, I just wanted that seated well, in like a, a, a better order. All this also speaks to the ways in which. We talked last week, Rob, you talked about this game as being cartoonish or being like um, uh, in its structure and, and in, in the in the way the dialogue is written, where it's like these are big, bold, like caricatures of people that need to communicate with you in 30 seconds. Like the Parvati conversation you're talking about, Patrick, is like six lines back to back that are like they're yeah. not bad. I don't think that they're totally well written lines, but they are like. Coming off of – it made me wish that, that this game had the narrative density of Disco Elysium because I wanted to have the part of the conversation with her that is like, well, what happens when we continue this thing? Like, what's the best possible outcome here, Parvati? Like, you know firsthand what this machine does, and it's kill people who are close to you. It killed your you. family. It killed your family. The dude who runs that town, who you are now asking me to be sympathetic for, decided actively to kill your family, to kill Adelaide's son. Like, he's going to say that what he did was not provide enough medicine because he only had so much medicine to go around and he had to make hard decisions. But, like, let's talk through what the thing is, we're de- what the machine is that we're defending and how many people are harmed. Or or the thing that I really, the thing that playing a little bit of Disco Elysium has made me think about is the way in which this model of RPG limits you to, like, Yes, no, 
dig for more details and a special check that gets me slightly more access. Whereas the thing that's so fascinating about Disco Elysium is that it is all special check that gets me more access to more information, but from different perspectives and never necessarily the full picture. And it makes me wish I'm excited for the knock on effect of Disco Elysium to eventually filter in to other RPGs where I want my characters like I want to be able to create a character who is more than just skill checks and is like interests is a particular lean leanings that is like, hey, I feel a certain way about this or I have a certain history that makes me understand maybe if I'd had a high medicine score that should come with more than just I know what this is, but actually like a little voice in the back of my character's head that is like this community could be healthy if X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? Something like that that helps direct helps me understand who that character is in, in a different way. Rob. Uh, so one thing I was hoping for at the end was there's a bit of ambiguity. Like Austin and I, you, you and I disagreed last week about yes. what the implications were of the end of that quest. I had sort of, I was like, no, dude, Adelaide is like not saving anybody. And you felt there was a little more ambiguity. And I agreed. Like there was, there was room yeah, the for that ambiguity interpretation. There was, yeah, just to be clear, the ambiguity that I felt there was it was specifically about what her timeline was. You would, your initial claim was that she had said anyone who has flown the corporate flag isn't allowed in. But the, what I was saying was like the, di- the dialogue that she says is anyone who wants to carry that forward, fuck off. And that's a little bit of wiggle room, but it is not. Yeah. But that, and that is what she says. Like I if was you go back and look at the dialogue. Pointed at the end of the game, they removed that ambiguity mm. and they then tell you how that went down. Now, maybe there's a quest later in the game where like you can go back and do a last thing at Edgewater and like fix it somehow. But the end of the game, the epilogue was, oh yeah, Adelaide didn't let anybody in. Like she, like, like basically her standards were so strict that she in the commune, basically in the, in the everyone, ending where, okay. Yeah. She told basically from everyone from Edgewater who was now starving and like in an abandoned industrial park, basically she told all of them good luck in the wilderness, but you can't stay here. And so, like, basically everybody died or vanished in the wilderness uh, some, somewhere. And it was really a bummer because More it bodies was like, for Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, but it was, like, the worst possible interpretation of, like, Adelaide. Like, it wasn't even that – I understood what she was saying, which is we are trying a different way of life here. We can't have people come in and immediately try to recreate, like, you know what we really need is a factory. Right. And a hierarchical <laughs> management structure, et cetera. You can't. Well, because you're going to have a bunch of people who, since birth, only understand life through a very that they've been brainwashed, you know, into, into a certain understanding of what life is, what value is, like what why why you live. So of course, those people are going to immediately try and bring that structure, that viewpoint, even if it's not necessarily their fault for having that, you know, because been ground, you know, their brains into to mush over the, the 30, 40 years, but. That, that's an that's a understandable uh, yeah. worry on her part. Well, then the game the game come like sort of backs the car up and just to just to remove all that ambiguity is like, and of course she meant she couldn't trust any of them and so they all died. <laughs> and I was like, oh okay, I guess I guess I just really made the wrong call uh, right. because it turns out that I turns out the only person who was like saying that things were untenable at Edgewater and we needed a different path was basically a vindictive uh, dictator on a mission to like destroy that community and the people in it as revenge for her son. And then maybe, maybe she would like try to run a nice garden commune, but who knows? Who cares? This is why I'm so curious about what Patrick's epilogue is going to be because you did the thing where you got Adelaide back in charge of, 
Edgewater? She's basically running the town. So, like, I'm curious if she's going to have a completely different person. Like, if the if your epilogue scene is going to be a completely different thing than than what Rob and I will get from having supported the commune, because she is now in a position where, like, oh, along with that authority, she has corporate back. Like, actually, wait, does it? She's running the town, but she's back in Spacer's Choice. As far as we can, it's still it's a not Spacer's clear, Choice town. Like, bas- I mean, yeah, we don't like. I don't. I don't. It's uh, like where you, where it's left is. You know, Reed leaves and says, yeah, I'll, "I'll leave." She can lead the town, but like, does that mean that she becomes an employee as based on choice, right. like, or or she's like some sort of like, man, you know, deferential manager? Or he's like, "Look, I'll leave," and then you know, I, it's it's not. It wouldn't be surprising if the epilogue was, "Yeah, Reed left. The corporation went." what the fuck is happening on this town? And they just level it. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if the the, the conclusion uh, to this arc is like, yeah, those uh, automatons that they weaponized at the factory, like, they just sent an army of those to uh, to Edgewater and just, just leveled the town and moved on. Because actually the factory wasn't making their quota anyway. Well, and, eh. Because, like, they, they set up in the universe that it's common for, like, abandoned like for corporations to just basically dark like various colonies and various outposts and just abandon them and move on so like why wouldn't they like i can see it being an equally dark scenario where the corporation comes in presses their thumb and it you know it was still all for naught what kind of frustrates me about edgewater and i think this kind of repeats throughout the game is Nobody like nobody seems to have this. It never occurs to anybody that the corporation's hold on this is getting so slippery, and their ability to project power and like follow up on things is becoming so intermittent that you could just not like the the very the right. very funny thing about Edgewater is like Spacer's choice is a theory on that like in that location <laughs> like yes they, right like, they they have their killer robots but that's not a killer robot army they sent in that's they fucked up maintenance on the, the firmware update on their killer robot on their <laughs> on their robots turned them into killer robots like your there's killer a, robot is automatically updating and then it murders everybody that's what they did god there's a great moment at the end of the monarch quest it's like the first big like visual set piece where a, a wild fucking thing happens mm. that is like that subverts an expectation of when you th- it's it's it, there's a Chekhov's gun above the mantle and it gets taken down but not in the way that you think it will <laughs> and you go like what the fuck oh oh okay um uh I-, I will note really quick I did just look up what the Adelaide takes over the cannery thing is I won't spoil it for you but like what I will yeah, say no, is yeah, yeah. what I will say is like I think Patrick made what was supposed is the good opt is the good outcome for the writers for sure. Incrementalism wins. That's again. exactly it, right? It is Patrick, gradualism all the way down. Patrick <laughs> like, the I, everyman, just <laughs> I, just I finding the. There is like I I think what you will. F- I listen it, to the people, Rob. Uh, I listen to the people that have I, had the lived experience. There is there is a certain like there is a certain sort of uh, I think the most the most. I will say generous reading I can think of is a democratic socialist gradualism at the heart of any sort of leftist <laughs> like lean that this game has. And I'm I'm saying that based on what the other stuff I've seen now going forward on Monarch, on Groundbreaker, where fundamentally the game believes that like, yes, we should change things. 
We should do it by bringing everyone to the table. We should do it by leaning away from. It's Elizabeth Warren. It, it, it's well. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you're oh, right. You can you're just actually right. Capitalism. I, I went too far with the DSA. Yeah. Uh, it is. It is Liz Warren. It is like <laughs> I like Elizabeth Warren a lot, but I'm better. just saying, like, if you like, if you distill, if you distill like a, a yes. lot of like proposals, it's like, well, actually, you know, relative to you know, like, uh, like Bernie Sanders or you know AOC, or, like tear it all down, start over. Uh, like, ah, we still need the bricks. Leave the bricks there, and like, let's <laughs> change see, what's to me. On it's top all liberalism. To, well, to I mean, me, it is, it is I, like, yes, if, you know, what we that. need is consensus. We just need everyone to sit down at the table and we figure out what is the way to resolve. I don't this think conflict. she's. I, I want to make clear. I do not think that. All, I don't think Elizabeth Warren is like her rhetoric is not like everyone's at the table. Let's get these conservatives over here. Let's figure it. Out. I think that is too far. I was mostly speaking to like a broader view of like capitalists, you know, like, yeah, you know, I, I get right. But, but in terms of like, you literally got the like head of the town to be like, damn, I guess I did fuck up and leave. And you did it by like, like debating him, bro. Like you did. <laughs> That's Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden. Joe Biden. I don't think like, Biden would actually talk across guys. the aisle. I, yeah. I think Joe Biden would get a drink with Reed Thompson. Actually, I think yeah. that Reed and Joe go uh, back. They take the old uh, Amtrak and, 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 back and forth to work. Hey, <laughs> but, like, but I, I think it he, is tough to figure out which kids should die on this point. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Fuck. Been there. <laughs> to be fair, uh, Corn Pop is definitely an Outer Worlds NPC. <laughs> um, hey, but, also, 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 like, like, fucking, this game goes out of its way, you know, as these games do to, like, give perspective, context. Like, what's up with these marauders? Who right. Just, I like, mindlessly so. kill me. the game begins. I'm it's like, the who second the, fuck the game I just begins. Kill? It goes immediately to yep. shoot this guy in the back of the head. Oh, and I'm like, wait a second. People. They're not oh, even like, people. Huh? It's the most. Well, like, which, 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 which none of us have talked about this at all, right? But, like, you cannot tell a story about, about you, hmm, colonial stories fundamentally are talking about colonialism, even if it's a distant wild planet, things become analogs. We were talking about a history of colonialism, and when you drop in a group of people who are just like, what are they? Oh, they're wild marauders who have no, that we can't speak to them. It's impossible to speak go to them. Go chop off their fingers. Go chop off, literally, go chop off their fingers for a bounty. Like, read who the, it is not a subtle analog and it's not even the first time we've, we've seen it right again we've talked about the way that this game is like firefly light in so many ways but firefly literally did well we can't have space natives give so, me a re give me a better reason to kill them yeah. like i like, will tell say me, like anything I got to a, like they don't it's there's no notes no. There's, there's, there's no, like, whenever you go to any of the marauder camps, like, whoops, all these buildings just happen to be locked where we can't, like, put any <laughs> notes and, like, uh, find anything. Like, the game makes zero, zero attempt. Like, it makes sense, like, when you drop on a planet, someone shoots you, you shoot back. So it's like, sure, like, randomly shooting person that is hostile to you up front, like, I don't know, okay, man, I like, dropped I, that guy in the back of the head from the top of a cliff. That was how they taught me how the gun works. <laughs> they were like, sneak up here and but shoot I mean, these like, guys. <laughs> I get you. Like, I can understand that moment, and then, like, oh, like, you would think, because this is how these games usually operate, like, at some point, I kept waiting for, like, ah, the hammer's gonna drop on this whole Marauder thing. Like, they're going to make me feel like shit. Like, no. After, like, I, uh, but nothing. The they best, give you, the closest, they've been literally out there no storytelling the attached to themselves. <laughs> and the it's only not even way that much to XP. claim it. 
the closest thing I can get to is that like eventually you'll go to another place on Terra 2 where you can meet and work with some people who are like Marauder adjacent who have Marauders working for them. I don't know if all of the Marauders in the system work their way up to Sublight, the, the space pirate corporation. <laughs> are they connected? They're definitely – there was like a quest where you go and help – well, where I went and helped the criminals who had Marauders were like – Marauders were around the bait. Like they don't have names. It's like go talk to this lady, and like when you do that, and you convince her you're going to work with her. All of the marauder, whatever captains, don't fight you anymore. For that matter, just real quick on names, Rob. Did you notice what everyone in the name or in the uh, philosophist camp on monarchs names were? Where instead of being like. Uh, you know, worker or townsman or whatever. It was like rioter and looter and like, all right, all right, I see. I see how it is. Rioting is not uh, a thing you do, it's a thing you are. <laughs> so, but I think this is this is one of the things that really just began to get under my skin. And actually, I think it becomes a problem for the game. Um, I'm, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to. Good. But <laughs> what we see at Edgewater says the person my, before my hands resting on my on my headphones, ready to rip them off to uh, avoid spoilers. Look, I'm, uh, is, no, Br- is, no, no, no. Is no. Brad Shoemaker, Shoemaker is on the line. <laughs> what we see in Edgewater is again a microcosm. Yes, the corporation's more an idea there than it is a reality. It is more people responding to corporate dictates out of habit. Like the thing that like that really like pisses me off about Reed is it never even occurs to me he could just not. It never even occurs to him that, like, he doesn't have to be choosing who's going to live, who's going to die. He's just like, damn, I guess I got to hit these numbers. And he doesn't do anything beyond trying to hit them, no matter who it hurts. What increasingly bothers me across Outer Worlds is that this isn't sort of a functioning uh, capitalist system where the powers that be are going to have the capacity to bring a tremendous amount of both focus and force to any problem. This is a spread out universe. There's a lot of people on the margins who are kind of getting forgotten. Edgewater, if Edgewater stopped like towing the company line tomorrow, (laughs) like would the company necessarily notice? And you look around, clearly they've got some rudimentary farming going on. There's animals everywhere. There is a functioning ecosystem they could figure out a way to like go along with. Time and again in outer, uh, in the outer worlds, what never seems to come up as a possibility is that the corporations are already kind of in retreat or vanished. This isn't necessarily like there's a lot of places where it's not even necessarily we have to like overthrow a system. It is that the system's kind of collapsed. Like, what are we going to do with the fact of its obvious decay and decline? This isn't we are taking the spoils of this well functioning capitalist machine and turning it toward, toward our own ends. This is like late capitalist extraction has taken place. Everything has been stripped uh, for parts. There is increasingly no governance, uh, you know, no return of resources, no reinvestment. What do you do in that reality? And it never, nobody ever sort of faces up to that possibility. It never occurs to anybody that, like, really, in terms of what are our revolutionary possibilities here, the power vacuum already exists. You're not overthrowing anything necessarily. <laughs> You're kind of just walking in and being like, "Well, this is fucked. I guess we might as well do something different." Because yeah. who really yeah, Reed, would Reed come Reed was stop a feather. He, he didn't have to push him. Someone just needed to ask, "Do you want to leave? What if you left? Do you want to just not do this yeah. anymore?" Yeah, actually, that's cool. You know what? <laughs> and he's like, he says his options when because like you can kind of like 
he immediately agrees to to like just no resistance, none, none whatsoever. It's just like, yeah, cool. Like actually, I'll get out of here. And like, and the character, I li- I liked this bit in the exchange. Is like, wait, 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 wait. Like, what happened? Okay, mm-hmm. what happens to you? Now? You need a ride like, anywhere? Um. He's like, I'm not sure. I might just go beyond the walls. And like, one of the responses you can give is like, bro, I don't f- think you're going to do well <laughs> beyond the wall. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And it's like, okay, all right, read. But it, it speaks to what you're saying, Rob, is that he did not have an iron grip on power. No. He just was the last one on the wheel and was just waiting for someone to say, I'll steer it. Right. Well, and he's like, he's like, He's responding to the last commands given to him by a company that's basically forgotten he's out there, right? Like this is this is like literally, uh, you know, for years after World War II, yeah, like you, that's there was, was pockets p- of Japanese soldiers surrendering because like they had been so isolated in the mountains, like following their last orders that they didn't realize the war had ended. Um, that's kind of the position Reed is in <laughs> in, in some ways. It's like, buddy. The empire is gone that you're serving like there, there's nothing. You notice how nothing has been coming back down the pipe, really? Um, that's kind of, I think, Reed's position, but nobody sees that in this world. I am. I'm going to try to push through and wrap this up sometime this week, hopefully. Uh, Rob, how much further do you think I have at this point? I'm I'm like, I have like some side quests to do. I mean, I have a lot. They've just given me a bunch of side quests, side. side quests that are like, Hey, go on a tour of the galaxy again, or go on a tour in the system. Go oh, to this place. Like I have all my companion, or most of my companion quests, and I have a bunch of stuff that from Byz- uh, Byzantium that is like leave Byzantium and go other places and take a bunch of boxes. I think you got like maybe ten more hours okay, of doing the major. Like, like if there's quests that like seem like they're bullshit, I probably wouldn't do them. Okay, because there are some bullshit quests. Um, but the companion quests I would do. Oh, important update. I stand by Parvati being my favorite character as like a person, someone I want to hang out and spend yeah. with. I wrapped up her thing. I was really happy with it. MVP, the straw that stirs the drink, yeah. just like the chemistry through the roof of everyone is Vicar Max. Vicar Max, the fucking God. Honestly. Vicar Max like has funny interactions Vicar Max. with wow. everybody. That's not Vicar how I Max feel about him Neoka. right now. So Dog. I'm so curious Just to wait. see where he goes. Vicar Max is like and get, really? his, his companion. I mean, I've got some suspicions. He keeps we're looking for someone where he keeps fucking slipping up. When oh he's yeah, about who he's looking for, and I'm he's like, he's got a history. Uh, you got some his yeah. I, I he, did not have he, a perception check where I could ask him what's up with what's going on. Yeah. Like, Damn it! Uh, I really so much in the dialogue, not enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's good. I like I like I like where his stuff goes. Uh, he does become a real. He's already a really interesting character. I think he's really, really well acted. I'll say that about all the companions. I think yeah. all of their performances are like very good. I really, I just got Felix's companion quest, Rob. I'm like, oh, this, this poor boy. What fucking happened to you? I'm very curious. Felix kind of bored me. I just could, I could out. not get with Felix. Felix is basically like, um, uh, yeah, you know, mouse in uh, in the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got well, such strong vibes. Like he's just like he's just a Yankees fan who's well, just a little a too Yankees, rowdy for his he own He is a good. Yankees fan, but he's a Yankees fan who also has like you know Leninist in in his Twitter bio, but doesn't really hasn't done the work, doesn't really know what that means. Uh, it's like, and, and for me, it's like okay, well, what are they going to do with this like young? 
you know, left leaning, but but under read. Uh, uh, poor boy who has who has been through the fucking ringer. To be clear, his his like background is not. He's he's had to fucking hustle to get to anywhere. Um, and I'm very curious to see how they wrap him up. Uh, and I also just started Ellie. Is that the medic pirate Sawbones? I just started yeah. her her companion quest and visited uh, some people close to her, and that was fun. That was a good. That was a good little bit. All of that character work stuff is so good that it makes me – that is the thing that is pulling me through at this point. Is like I like these characters. I like spending time with them. Um, and, and it was like, again, the thing I said about Final Fantasy moments ago was like, just let me spend time with these people. Let me hear them talk to each other about something that isn't crystals. And in this case, it's like them <laughs> bickering about about space, the Space Yankees or about uh, you know what their favorite show on TV is or just like, you know, in general, bonding over shit. I love how much of that – I love coming back to my ship i love coming back to my ship and finding some weird shit on that ship i don't know if that happened to you ever rob you just like come back you go into your cargo hold and you're like who 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 brought these fucking cows in here bison yeah uh did you do you find um sam and ada involved in any role play at any point no that's all you gotta say <laughs> now i'm curious does Sam have a compa- don't answer. We're gonna let's end the segment before we get into more spoilers. Rob, uh, I'm gonna send you back to the mines. You're going back, is my understanding, to the Death Stranding mines to continue working on that. Not really mines. It's it's more like the fulfillment center. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. You're delivering packages. I was trying to. I was like, is Rob sending a coded message about his feelings about this game in a way that might break embargo? No. It's like <laughs> to Rob delivering. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> Don't you keep your mouth closed, Rob Zachney. We don't need to get sued by Sony. What was that embargo tweet this morning, though? Like, tomorrow is mine. What was that? I missed this. Was there an embargo oh, so, tweet? So, there was some, uh, yes. Yeah, so, oh, there's a lot. Oh, I will say. There's you know, a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of people who are slipping on the edges oh, yeah. on Twitter. There's where a, they a are lot of communicating thoughts about a video game where they're just, and you'll see this sometimes. We're like, um, uh, oh, the thing I hate the most is when right before uh, an embargo's up, people will tweet out like, I have so much to say about insert game. It's like, yeah, you just said you like the uh-huh. game. Like, that's what you say when it's like, can't wait to talk about God of War well, on Friday morning point. or whatever. It's like, but, but, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Other way. Anyway. <laughs> Break point. Uh, I uh, love the world uh, we live yeah, in. Yeah, but there are a lot of people who are saying... you. You're out there tweeting. I'm not sure if other people are connecting the dots. I know who you are. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Rob, thank you for joining us. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We're going to tag in a manual from Motherboard so we can talk about Call of Duty because I don't think Patrick or I or Rob or Kato have played any of it. <laughs> I did. Well, I tried. Okay. My PC crashed multiple That's times. A, we'll get to okay. it. Okay. Wow. Okay, good. Rob, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you there have a good week. Peace. We'll be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, we are back with Emmanuel Myberg from Motherboard. And also Patrick Klepek still here. We're here to talk about Call of Duty, and also Kato is still here. Wow, Sorry, okay. Kato. I'm yeah. just saying, you're, no one left, no one else yeah. left besides uh, Rob. Hey, Ka- hey Kato, we're, what's Kato up? we're still here. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. We, we did it. Wow. Survived <laughs> another bad. round of the Hunger Games. <laughs> we didn't kill Rob. Rob is... And again, I'm not breaking embargo. It's not... <laughs> kill? What do you mean? What do you, what do you, what do you mean by kill? Death? Yeah. Death what? Death no, stranding? Nothing I can say. Uh, isn't life sort of a strand game? You mm-hmm, know, kind of everyone's traveling and connecting. Uh, stranded out here. <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare hit last Friday, I want to say. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's when we yeah. got it. That's right. Yeah, we didn't. We Well, I think it technically went live, what, Thursday night in New Zealand, right? Like, people, mm-hmm. you can do the trickery with your <laughs> clocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, but yeah, Friday morning for, for, yeah, we got codes. Yeah, Friday, Friday morning. Okay, I'm glad we got code. I was not sure if it was going to come through or what. Uh, uh, what? That, that's Activision's thing these days is unless you go to their event, you, right, you you do not get early access beyond the the launch date. So, Emmanuel, you've played some. Patrick, you've not. You've downloaded it. I I Emmanuel, can we talk? We okay before we talk about the game, we need to talk about the process of installing and playing this game because oh that itself is a journey. One, I, I hope Comcast is happy. Uh, I went over my data cap, my two, I get two free monthly like overages and like, whoof, call of duty. I looked at how much time I had left in the week when it resets on the 31st. I was like, that's Thursday. I was like, even with streaming and uploading and downloading, I'd be pretty close to the cap. And looked at call of duty it was 120 gigs or 140. Ooh, so gigs. it's initial install um, is 120 gigs. Then, um, I get those shaders. Yeah, so there's an update, and then there's something I've never seen before where it's like you launch the game, and it immediately is like, hey, wait up, I'm downloading shaders, which I've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> I've never s- wait, I've- wait, but before you get there, but, but hey, you need an Activision account before you can get Th- to the this, shaders. This is so, the craziest part. You're playing yeah. on PC, right? You, this is, okay. Yeah, so on the PC version, you download it through Battle.net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is not something Blizzard I launcher. personally launch regularly, so that's already like, oh, what's my no. Battle.net, whatever. I, with, with, uh, like the Windows like search for applications like couldn't like it, could, it didn't come up when I was like right. looking for it like I, I ended up downloading a like an executable to install it and it's like nah you actually it's on your computer I was like oh okay um, so you log into that uh, you know fire that up so then I start downloading it and it's like bro this is gonna take a long ass time <laughs> even though you have good internet like come back I thought I was like I set it up like two hours before like football started on Sunday I was like oh maybe I could sneak in an hour with it. And I, I got checked like 30 minutes before football, and it's like uh, three hours from now, come back. And I was like, okay. But anyways, you, you download it, and then you launch the game, and it's like, hey, to play this game, you need to log into your Activision account. And I was like, oh, my, what? my Battle.net account. And I'm like, okay, so punch in those. It's like, no, that's not it. And I'm like, what? Like, oh, your Activision account is separate from your Battle.net account. Those are different accounts. And you have to... To register, not you optional. Have to have an account, yeah. not optional. It is. You can, there's no skip. You need an account to get in here. And so I was like, oh, I don't think I have one of those. Like, go to register one, fill out all the information. But you're launching in Battle.net. You're yes. launching it. You launch in Battle.net, and then yeah. have to log into Activision. Correct. Um, and then it's like, oh, actually, you have an account. And I was like, motherfucker, no, I don't. And then I was like, <laughs> went and did a reset password, and it's like, 
Yes, I do. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I don't know when I. I didn't have whatever. an account, and it even has the same um, username style, where it's like you input a username. You know how Battle.net is like it's a username and then four digits or something like that yeah. after yeah. username. It's the same thing for Activision, where you pick a username and then it adds some digits to the end. Let's just time out before we get to the game. Yeah. Why, why are they doing this? Do you know like business reason? Because they own Battle.net. Period. Why? Why is yeah? That's like not a like two? a. That's not a relationship. That's ownership. Yeah. It's it's not like yeah. Do you uh, understand? What, what I think it's it? going to be like direct mailers and stuff like. That. I mean, I think like they're like it's. People are mad yeah, at Blizzard like, right reluct- now. Reluctantly <laughs> turned the Blizzard launcher into the Activision launcher, mm. Um, mm. and then yeah, I don't know when they introduced the Activision. Like I. I I'm sure I wrote stories about it. Like this probably happened a couple of CODs ago and I just haven't mm. noticed because I, I took the last I don't know because I played uh, Black Ops 4 and I don't remember anything like this. And I had to create yeah, I don't the Activision know. thing. I don't know. Bizarre well, and do you, like a, do you have like a conspiracy theory brewing? Is that what's happening? I, I was just – I mean the only way it makes sense for me is that at some point they want to offload yeah. the Blizzard branding and just go completely oh, Activision. I was going the other way, yeah. which is what if they want to put games on Steam? But mm. still want you to be tie- locked in to some other thing. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's about to come back. So it seems like everyone's kind of crawling their way back yeah. to, to Steam. Yeah. Uh, is EA like, also going to Epic or just to Steam? Um. Well, EA is everything's an origin. They don't launch anything on Epic. Right, right. I don't but you think. were saying. Um, you well, said, they put out a. Someone oh. data mined some Steam stuff and saw that like there had been some recent information related to EA. And then EA put out a tweet with a coffee mug that had a lot of Steam. Okay. Coming off it, um, and so I, my th- my theory is that with Jedi Outcast, they mm. want that game to be as big as possible, right. and the way you do that is offer offer early access. That's not what it's called. I think that game's, I think that game's gonna that end game up called? being like Wait, really not, good. Jedi Outcast is the or old not one. Jedi Outcast. Um, oh, Fallen Order, Fallen Order. Fallen Order. That's also Fallen coming Order. out or came out. Um, it came out. Yeah. It came out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Um, yeah. So I think I think they're gonna offer it on Steam, but it's like, hey, you, if you pay for the eighty dollar edition, it'll come out on. You know, you can get it early on Forge. Yeah. Anyway, so you ins- once you've figured out your goddamn Activision account, and then it's you're like, I'm like, cool, all right, start the campaign. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So we got some shaders to down- to install. And I'm like, what do you mean we got some shaders to install? And it's like, if you want an optimized experience, basically like, I don't know, if you want the game to be a pl- playable instead of a mess, wait another 20 minutes for these shaders to install. So I waited for the shaders to install. Which yeah. is just weird. I don't. I don't right. know. I'm mean, gonna. Yeah, very strange. So, uh, did you literally not play any of it, or were you just? I played an hour. And I played about ninety minutes. Um, uh, I, I. There are serious issues technically on all the platforms. Sounds like the PS4 is the one that has is like the, the in the best shape, but uh, hmm. there are a lot of issues on Xbox One. Um, I for me there. So one. I started the game and just weird audio distortion, just like really strange. I thought it was, I don't know. I thought maybe that was part of the sound design, but then it became very clear that, that no, like there was some weirdness going on. So did a Google search, immediately got a hit on Reddit and they were like, oh yeah, you need to go into your sound properties for the device that's spitting out the audio and then go to like, I don't know, some tab and change it from CD quality to DVD quality. And that'll get rid of like... I changed some Hertz thing. I don't I don't know much about audio, but I yeah. switched this. Audio the issue went away. Weird. Um, and then I got into the game and all the cutscenes were just like just hitching all over the place, basically unwatchable. Mm-hmm. Like at times would like pause for 30 seconds and then like catch up really quickly or just jump into a scene. Like it was very 
strange. And even the game itself had moments where it would lock up for what felt like a minute mm-hmm. and then just jump back in. And the game is running beautifully when it's like running how it's supposed to, like 60 frames a second, looks gorgeous. Like this is a really, really pretty like war game, like really, really uh, amazing lighting. But yeah, just all sorts of technical stuff. There's an uh, the second, uh, I think the third mission um, when you're uh, you're running around and uh, running around. I think you've put on like a burka, like you've put you know put on something to like hide, mm-hmm. yeah, hide yeah, yourself. Yeah. Um, the way that's supposed to work is that like the game kind of like letterboxes, like mm-hmm. you get like you know blackness on the top and the bottom. Um, if I was in the darkness. That worked. The moment I like hit any light, and that game, that level set during the day, and you're in the yep. you're out in the in the sun a lot, it flickered, and it would just like fl- it just would not actually put the black bars, the clothing, and so I made it up through the next mission, and then it hard locked on me for the second time. Yeah. And I just said, I'll come back when there's a patch. Yeah, I had the I had the hitching issue, especially during cutscenes, but it was totally playable, and I. At this point, I finish the uh, single-player story. I played a little bit of uh, the multiplayer. I played that big, like, 64-player mode. And I have not touched the uh, Spec Ops mode. which is like a co-op mode, right? Yeah, it's uh, the original Modern Warfare had it, um, where it's, like, kind of these uh, uh, set pieces where it's you... And usually one other player doing a mission, but it's set up in some sort of neat way where one of you is uh, in an AC-130 and one of you is on the ground okay. and you're communicating to do stuff. I don't know if this is Isn't what... Isn't that exclusive to PS4? I have a, uh, a tab of it on PC, but I have not I clicked on it like even yet, so I don't know if it's playable. Hmm. Spec Ops exclusive. PS4. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. going into this... Yeah, it's, it's exclusive to PS4 until October 1st, So what happens when you click I, on it? Oh, maybe it's like coming... I don't... Why don't maybe it's maybe that's not true of the PC version, because mm. that's common, where right. the PC is not... We should note, as, with uh, that note, uh, Death Stranding coming to PC in oh my God. 2020. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 505 Interesting games. timing to announce that yeah. now, yeah. just in time for a lot of people to, to cancel hold their off. pre-orders. Yeah. Uh-huh. For the... For the <laughs> Mm, weird. <laughs> so the only thing I knew about uh, Call of Duty going into it is a conversation you and I had, me and Austin had, uh, when you came back. I think it was E3 uh, Judges Week. Probably, yeah. And you came back. I would say you were, like, uh, very interested. I wouldn't say excited, but we had we had sort yeah. of, like, an interesting conversation about it. What? How would you, just to set the table, how would you summarize... Like the the their pitch about what this confused? is confused. I mean, their pitch. Their I mean, this is the difficult thing, right? Was and this is what not I not about. what you think about it, but like what is th- what is their? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you go back and read my preview piece from from Judges Week, where I got to write about that game, the piece was like I think that they were confused about what they were pitching because the their pitch was kind of split into two halves. The first half was weird. You're telling stories drawn from reality that are morally gray. You're not necessarily sure if doing the right thing is something that means doing the wrong thing along the way. We're driven by characters. We're driven by pulled and ripped from the headline style storytelling. Um, we there's you know they they kind of set up the the world as like a place where 
everything is on the brink, but they were going to bring it, scale it back from where modern warfare got to eventually. Because after all, in modern, in the old modern warfare, that timeline had gotten to a point where nukes had gone off, multiple nukes had mm-hmm. gone off, and they wanted to start from a new normal where even just, even just quote unquote, a bomb going off in London could feel like uh, uh, earth shattering. Right. Um, and. Uh, that was the first half. And they talked about like performances, the whole idea of like you're going to play both as Western special operations. You're going to play as people from this fictional Middle Eastern country who are doing a resistance internally. And there will be a difference in, in imbalances of power across different lines and access to technologies and weapons. Like doing this like heavy sell on this kind of like, you know, embedded feeling of, of a new version of what Call of Duty has been. Uh, and, and it really, again, focused on narrative and theme. And, and they wouldn't say like – politics but like we're taking our our our, uh, our topic very seriously and then recently they had that game informer piece or game informer interview where some devs explicitly were like no we absolutely did not this is not a political game in yep. any way which is laughable yeah um the then the second half of that presentation was like yo listen how good these fucking guns sound like the pitch is our technology is through the roof. This is the best looking thing we've ever made. This has we, – we're doing volumetric lighting and ray tracing and blah, blah, blah. I don't actually think they did ray tracing. Uh, but they did like photo uh, – uh, f- this is a word I had trouble saying back when we first did this piece <laughs> or did this conversation. Photogrammy or, or f- whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, where it's like very high res textures that come from doing still shots uh, of objects at super high resolution. I believe basically. it's when you're literally mapping photographs to Locate models. Models, yeah. yeah, directly so that you're getting kind of baked in lighting that's really good or something. I don't know. I don't fucking remember exactly. But like they spent – 10 minutes on that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They spent 10 minutes showing us character models and being like, yo, look at this. Um, the centerpiece of like the gameplay story stuff was a sequence where they like, kind of like cleared out a townhouse in England, in mm-hmm. London, uh, uh, of a terrorist cell that ended with this like dramatic, do you shoot the lady that's holding potentially a detonator or don't you? That all happens very quickly. And it was like jarring. And that was the stuff that was like the violence in this. And the thing that they didn't do was connect here is why it's important that our guns are so well designed and sound so shocking and so like you end up feel feeling kind of scattered when you hear a gun go off in this game is because what we're trying to do is kind of shake you out of your shell. Um, uh, but they, they show that sequence of you clearing out a townhouse where all of the everything is like so heightened. Everything's in, in like the night vision goggle, you know, uh, green and black and white. Uh, and everything is kind of like kind of terrifying, both mm-hmm. because people are coming out of doors, because you don't really know the environment, because every gunshot feels like it could kill someone and not just you, but somebody, it does feel like, oh my God, I killed a person. Or it felt yeah. like that, seeing that in that in that environment. Though at the time, the thing that I noted, and which obviously has, has actually been uh, held out now that the game is out, is like, and someone's going to stream that game and be like, yo, I fucking got him. And like, Okay, yeah. you're gonna immediately deflate that sequence if you're playing it or watching it in that in that uh, situation. Um, uh, but but yeah, so that was my that was their pitch. And then the other half of the pitch was like, and now play some multiplayer. Yeah. But you're not allowed to talk about the multiplayer because it's under embargo. The one thing that I loved was gunfight, which was the two v two multiplayer mode that still had that feeling of intensity because all of the work that went into like making their guns sound good. Uh, but was like also as a gameplay model, like two v two is a really interesting like tactical thing. Yeah. So and also it's removed from ripped from the headline storytelling, which is such a double sword right so not a double-edged sword that's wrong it's a (laughs) it is a claymore not the sword but a mine in that like 
when you rip something from the headlines, you have to interpret. You have to interpret it for your audience. You reinterpret an event for your audience, and you decide how are we going to, for instance, tell the story of an insurgent force trying to free their homeland from outsiders. Who are the outsiders? Who do we see as leadership inside of the insurgent force? What makes them, you know, uh, uh, honorable, not honorable, but like, you know, laudable? Uh, what does, you know, all that stuff is something that like when you, when you, when Law and Order decides they're going to do an episode about gaming, they may, they put up, uh, they make a bunch of decisions about like, well, what part of gaming are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Likewise, my, my guess is seeing this was like, okay, they're going to make a lot of decisions around what story, what types of stories they're going to pull and how they're going to frame those stories. Um, and that was my biggest question was like, can they do real quote unquote real world storytelling in a way yeah. that is compelling? And I don't, I, I don't know. You finished it. Yeah. So, okay. I was uh, playing the game kind of in one shot on Friday uh -huh. and uh, Matthew Gall, who writes for us a lot, was also playing it, and we were kind of talking on Slack as we were playing, kind of pulling stuff out that we found interesting. And I think around 10 p.m., um, this cutscene opened, and it's just uh, a big security wall, like a big concrete wall, and there's the American embassy symbol on uh -huh. it, and there is, uh, like, fires and rioting outside. And I immediately alt-tab out, and I tell Galt, it's like, oh, no. I think I'm about to do a Benghazi level. You're about level. to do a fucking Benghazi. Yeah, I'm about to do a Benghazi level. And I was like, my, my immediate reaction to seeing that first frame was like, oh, no. Like, please don't, like, go there, you know? Um, and I played it, and it is 100% the Benghazi level. Like, they did a Benghazi. What is your perspective for that level? So, uh, also, real quick, we're going to talk spoilers about this campaign. I'm going to try and, like, not okay, get okay. into the nitty-gritty, but I'll, I, I do want to talk about this level because I think it is the most interesting level and just in terms of design like the best design level that they've made in many years like maybe since the original call of duty but the setup is basically um very similar to the actual event where uh there's rioting outside this embassy it's about to be overtaken and um like when it starts it's unclear if this is uh, a protest or something more like a more coordinated attack on the embassy and you're going in there to extract someone. You're landing on the roof. Okay. You're going to go in. You're going to get somebody who's like a high-value person, and you're going to get out of there. Um, and it is... If you try to think back about, like, the impact that the original Modern Warfare had when... I mean, let's, let's like, time travel to... 2007. 2007. Yeah. And if you think about what first-person shooters were at the time, there were mostly – there were many exceptions, you know. Yeah. But it was mostly like sci-fi or World War II. Yeah. And Call of Duty came along and they were like, hey, guess what? It's like those wars that we're in right now, it's like we're going to put those in a video game. And you're going to get not a feel for what it's like to be there, obviously, but we're going to like recreate like – media interpretations of these wars, what you see on CNN, what you've seen in some movies, uh, stuff like that. And that was kind of shocking at the time because if you remember before then, it was like people were um, having big debates about can we do a video game about Vietnam, right? Because that yeah, was so, yeah. uh, by comparison, recent and complicated and, and so on. Um, so when you're doing that AC-130 level, that felt really like, wow, it's like this feels different. It feels intense. It feels um, shocking in a way. There's a shock value. And mm -hmm. then obviously since then, Call of Duty has always been chasing that uh, 
shocking. Yeah, I mean, that's how you end up getting to know Russian. It's yeah. again and again and again, you have those moments, right. right? So I would say at the very least, like before we get into like good, bad, what does it mean? It's like on that level, it works. It's like it's very shocking um, because they don't shy away from like the horror of what, you know, uh, the storming of an American embassy was or like what Benghazi was basically, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like they kind of, they go there and they even, they go further. It's like, it's over the top with violence. Um, Civilians are shot. Children are shot. It's like, that's something they show. Um, And it, that is working in conjunction with that thing that Call of Duty does where you're essentially being pushed through a corridor, but when the smoke and mirrors of it all is working, it feels like, you know, um, I don't know, a scene from a Catherine Bigelow movie, which I would say is like the biggest influence on this game. Oh, I, I felt the Hurt Locker all over this thing from yeah. forever away. Yeah, aesthetically, it's like Call of Duty never had, it doesn't have its own voice. It's always been like, hey, we're going to do that scene from a Michael Bay movie. I was going to say, or from Saving Private Ryan, if it's a World War II yeah, or or from Band of Brothers, you know, like yeah, yeah. So so and here it's 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 basically the same thing, but they've switched over from doing Michael Bay to doing Catherine Bigelow, okay. and I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Um, in that that was the promise that they were sort of making. Yeah, um, because they want you to. I mean, it, there's the the like the sad soldier or the like. Hey, let's emphasize the ways in which there's a there's an emotional or psychological cost. Uh, to walking the line and not never knowing if you're doing the right thing and like being exposed to a, a sort of violence. So I don't think I don't think they do that. Oh, okay. They don't do that. They just, they just I do just, like stylization. Yeah, it's just pure okay. like cinematography. So that's like what like that is like uh, lots of obstructive smoke, lots of like very like hyperactive sequences where like so much is going on that you don't necessarily you can't get a read on. Your yeah. surroundings. And like less soundtrack, right? So it's like sure. There's less there's no there's less of a score. It's more like tense, quiet with like explosions of violence. Okay. and the whole game is in that style, and I find it to be effective. Um what's it effective at doing? Like, is it effective at just like being a good action game, basically? I mean, it's it's that. It's also it's effective in in terms of sense that like they, while they've been chasing that shock factor for so long, it hasn't really worked. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I don't think it's like you can set off a nuclear bomb once, but then if you set like if you set off two in the next game or three in the game after that, and then you go to space and then like you know what I mean? It's just like it doesn't work. And I would say here at least works in like, oh holy shit, I can't believe they did this. Um, so it works on that level, but. In terms of like, what does it mean to do it? Like, yeah, what, that's what, kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I, it does. I, I'm not surprised that they did it effectively because what I saw was well made. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It seems like well crafted. People who know how to make shooters, people who understand how to use the cinematic language of video games, uh, like in the sense of like how they they move you through a space to to, to tell a visual. I guess the visual storytelling language of video games is really what I mean. Though also some cinematic language in terms of lighting and and, and stuff like that. But yeah, what's it? What is it? What does that Bengal the faux Benghazi level leave you with when you when you leave? Like, what is your? What is again when you rip something from the headlines? You interpret it for your audience. Yeah. What is the audience interpretation of Benghazi that you left with from their version of it? Yeah, I think so. When they say this is not a political game, 
I think what they're saying is like we don't like want to get into it. Oh yeah, of course. But obviously that doesn't work, as yeah. you said. Yeah. And I think. <sighs> mm. I mean, this is also the game that. <laughs> this is also the game that straight up misuses, I guess, displaces the highway of death yeah. from a from from a, a particular war Austin, crime. It's their own mythology. They're reinterpreting oh in events. It's their own canon. You cannot hold that against. They're allowed to do what they want. What about Haditha then? What about that? But what also, about... women can't hold guns. It needs to be okay, historic. Right. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, so people who didn't see this, this is one of the things that happens in the game. Is yeah. there is is it just the highway of death? Also, basically. So this is this is. For people who don't know, there was, for people who don't know, there's a moment uh, in the Gulf War where uh, U.S. forces continue to attack uh, retreating Iraqi uh, forces as they left uh, Kuwait uh, in an action that American politicians, you know, a former, I want to say former Secretary of State or a former Secretary of Defense, I don't remember what his his role had been, straight up like wrote a book about how it was a war crime. The international community was not pleased with the way we, we handled it. Uh, you know, you can debate the Geneva Conventions a lot, but like these were not, these are not people who were fighting. Debate yeah. me. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm not going to because it turns out if something is or isn't a war crime, uh, basically adds up to like, do you, does the person who committed it have enough force behind them to defend themselves from that uh, or to ignore that allegation? Basically, yeah. uh, that is how this shit gets determined. Uh, but that was a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is, you know, it is hard to call something a blemish when the whole arm is bruised, but uh, it is a blemish uh, <laughs> on the record of the American military yeah. to this day. Um, and in this game, it sounds like Russia did it. In the fiction of this game, it's a Russian uh, war crime. Well, because yeah. in, fi- in the fiction of this universe, Russia did everything. Like this game has like no interest in even like for a game that's about great shit. But, but, this, but this is also this is also true of like Call of Duty as a whole, yeah. right. which like oh, how they treat absolutely. the American military, which is like. They never do anything wrong. Like whatever something like goes awry, like there's a personally reasonable, yeah. exp- like you know what I mean. Like it has, um, it doesn't like. I don't expect Call of Duty, which is a Michael Bay rah rah. Even if this one is like a little more like, like self serious. Um, yeah, there's that's an important. Uh, way to I never expect it. it to be like a grand critique of like the military industrial complex and America's participation and like overpowering influence over. But it's like a li- it's like a little weird, especially like. 2019 they're yeah, like you can't just like just like a little bit just like like a like every once in a while I'll be like ah oh, we did sometimes we're the baddies um like just no interest no, no one in this and game like, goes this, funny that we call it that because we already call a different thing the, yeah. the highway of death, death from when we massacred people yeah so i think well it, fe- it feels it feels like a game like ripped from like hashtag resistance like like russia conspiracy yeah yeah, yeah. like ah like that's Abramson like, wrote this game actually Yes, yes, yeah, like, I mean, like, it feels a little bit like that in which, like, ah, it's just a convenient foe, and around the time that this game was probably being, like, its narrative being constructed, like, in the throws of the 2016, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, that's, I'm not saying that's what, ha- like, is the actual. But that's how you get a big gossip in this game. I th- that's so, how you get a Benghazi so here's a, here's a, yeah. I'm, You played this game. I'm the not way, gonna, the way I, I think I, you get a Benghazi level and, and the way I think you get this highway of death situation where they take uh, something the American army did and transpose it to the Russians, which is uh, they can do whatever, dude. It's like in the game, it's like they can do gas attacks, war crimes. It's like they also there's a water there's a waterboarding scene, yeah, yeah. but it's not the Americans doing it. Oh. It's like it's the Russians doing it. Um, so that happens. But. The way I think that happens and the way I think the Megazi level happens is 
like somebody in art or somebody in level design like does a Google search for like fucked up war shit. You know what I mean? And it, and it's like, and what com- what comes up is that image, and right. they just take the image and they're like build a level around yeah. this. You know what I mean? Which it, is like for me, like for me, it's like well, that's like deeply irresponsible. It is, of course. Which you don't get to the thing that uh, when you're willing to be like our game doesn't have a politics. You're able to just be like, yeah, just find some fucked up war shit. But when you admit to yourself the thing we're making is going to have a fucking politics, you put yourself in the path that at least goes, and hey, maybe we're not going to make a political like didactic here, mm-hmm. but we should be cautious about what we bring into the thing. And and um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it is frustrating because that is the most generous reading we can give is – they typed in fucked up war shit, found some. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, both these flags are red, white, and blue. Fuck it. It's Russia now. And, <laughs> and like, ran with it. You know what I yeah. mean? So, but, but there was a much less, there is a much less, like, generous reading, which is, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Russia really connects with people, right? People fucking don't trust Russia at all. What good villains we got on our hands? What are the highlight reel? What's the highlight reel of fucked up shit? The Haditha, the, the, you know, uh, white phosphorus, mm-hmm. like, just boom, boom, boom. Russia done boom. Yeah. Which again, Russia is like as a as a state is a terrible oligarchy that has used its military in terrible ways. I'm not doing uh, any sort of like cleansing of Russia's history, but there is a way in which Russia is deployed. Similarly to the way we talk about China being deployed as a sort of um, what aboutism that the pulls the camera new Nazis. away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need like a black and white villain who has no complexity right. so that you feel fine. Mowing them the down, yeah, so, and, which is tough and, in a game. It's in a game that doesn't that has sold itself both in its pitches and in its commercials mm-hmm. as being like things aren't always so black and white. What they mean by that, <laughs> what that comes down to, yeah. is the game. They they gave they gave the country a fictional name, but this is like a game about Syria. Like the yeah. country is Syria, and it's a civil war in Syria. And uh, one of the playable characters who I think is really well rendered and like there's some good voice acting. It's like she's pretty interesting compared to everyone else. Uh, she's basically, uh, uh, I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but a YPG uh, soldier. You know, like the 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 Kurds who right. have a lot of women on the front line. And it's not literally using those names, but blatantly like the 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 look of the uniform the the way she braids her hair her backstory is very much um based on that and that gray is about which of the <laughs> is about which of the rebels in this country are the good rebels and ah, which are the bad rebels gotcha. you know what i mean and like and when america decides to help this side or that side it's like that's where it gets gray the real politics of the game that is not discussed, but is in effect what the game is saying is American hegemony at all costs, unquestionable. That is the starting point. Like everything comes out and everything is based upon the assumption that if we're not in complete control of everything, of like of our side, of the of the Syrian civil war, of what the Russians are doing, of what all these different factions in like the rebels are doing. It's like the only way it works is like if we decide what's going on. Right. Because otherwise there are it will reach us. It will reach the West if America is not in control. Correct. And that is like the justification. Right. We build walls around them instead of building walls around us. Right. Because that is the way. And there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah, all them, the cliches of like price is like, you know. Price being like the captain of this like unit, that and and across the, the entire Call of Duty, like going back to the World War II stuff, he's like the face of the series, and yeah, like yeah, his yeah. line is like his mutton chops. Yeah, we get dirty 
to keep the rest of the world clean. My hands up like this. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that, so, that, so that's like that. the line. So that's the politics of the game that is like what the game is actually saying, even though they are saying that they're not saying anything. Yeah. I do want to say, um, speaking of like being generous to them, uh, Matteo Bitanti, who I took a class with in college and is a, like a game studies person. He runs the game studies magazine publication. I don't know what to call it. It's like an internet thing. Yeah. Um, but he's an Zero. academic. And I remember one time I was um, – I had to write a review. God, please, people listening, don't go Google this because it's terrible. But it's, I, had to, I had to write something about Call of Duty for uh, Kill Screen. Mm-hmm. And I was like really stuck. I didn't know what to say. And he was like a good trick – to pull on yourself is to like be overly generous to the makers of the game and like try, despite what the game is, try to read it as subversive. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like insist on it. Like if you had to say, how is this game being subversive? Write that review. Right. And there's problems with that, but it's, like, it's yeah, just like an interesting way. It's, it's an interesting. There are when it's like a game that you know is like tie, tightly tied up with like the arms industry and the American government, and sure, but is explicitly also the product of like a big multinational, you know, corporation which just fired all of those people and yeah, not the not the come on warfare people, but you remember what those what those layoffs look like this year, of course. Anyway, yeah, but it's like when you try to read it that way, it's like. I don't know. You're almost psychoanalyzing like, them. Yeah, on on the yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like I'm not interested in psychoanalyzing the developers. Mm-hmm. I and I am interested in. I think that it is generative to do a subversive reading of a text right. because it makes you start thinking about parts of the game that you would otherwise have just like papered over. Yeah. In in the attempt of performing a subversive reading mm-hmm. or an alternative reading or an oppositional reading, you end up seeing the structure in a fuller way. And then what you end up doing is after you've done all those readings, you can kind of take a step back and go like, okay, well now that I know the shape of the thing, let me weigh in critically. It's like the critical apparatus at work. That is the way it should work. Yeah. But also – one of those readings should be contextualizing in a history of ongoing American violence uh, in which this is one more drop in the bucket of media renditions that because of the increased uh, degree of transparency from which we have seen what the cost of media or of, of military violence is, the the reaction across media representations, looking at people like Catherine Bigelow, looking at the ways in which war replicated in things like Generation Kill, like there is an entire uh, uh, apparatus that is – that is trying to filter and and wash over our own uh, disgust with the American war, uh, military system because we can no longer do nineteen you know post war era rah rah we'd save the day and so how do we do that and it's it's it, this is this is one of the bricks in that wall so right I think but uh, none of that is conscious like that is a machine functioning yeah so, I mean some of it is conscious but like to some degree that is a broader cultural process by which we make it okay for us to live in a country that has a huge active military because we now tell stories about how fucked up war is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's exactly it <laughs> because, uh, I'm, and I'm still mulling this over. I'm still thinking about it. I want to write about it. But when I'm trying to do a subversive reading, there is something about this game. Whereas again, if you look at the history of call of duty and going back to middle of honor of all that, it's like, this is not accurate, but, we tend to look at history in chapters, right? So right. you have the World War II game, and that was about World War II, which was like this um, contained event in history that you can put in, a, put in a game and be like, here's the game about that. Yeah. And then you do one about Vietnam, and they did oh, one about the Vietnam. Cold War. This, this is, is the Vietnam. Cold War. This is the – yeah, 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 yeah. And totally. there's something about this going back to it more than a decade later, and it's like the initial shock of like we're going to do – 
Like, we, we, we have started on this new chapter in American history that is these wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, and we're going to make a game about it now. And then they spend a decade, like, you know, one-upping each other and going into space and going back to World War II. And after all this time, they come back to the same wars and make another game that's, like, rebooting the wars. Re- and, and it's like, at this yeah. point, we have a name for it. It's the Forever War. Right. We talked about this when, we, when I wrote that piece right. in the summer. And there's, I'm still trying to articulate, like, how the game, why the game is making me feel this way. But there's, like, a tacit uh, admission that it's like, this is now not a chapter. And this is not, like, we won't be able to... We're at a point where we're not going to be able to look back and be like, oh, th- this was the Iraq and Afghanistan war, right? It's like we're at, we're at this new phase where this is just a feature of life yeah. that we live with. And we will, will seemingly continue to live with forever. And And the game is communicating that, I think, just by the fact that it's been more than a decade and it's doing the Benghazi level, which you know what I mean, is already, like, canonized in a way, right? And it's doing... This is a really weird part where it's there's a Bin Laden raid uh, thing. And what's really weird is I played that level, and it's very clear, again, based on the Bigelow movie, Zero... Uh, Zero Dark Thirty? Zero, that? I think it's Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Um, right. Like, same shot, same, like, setup. You know what I mean? It looks like whatever. Um, and then the next day, <laughs> uh, Trump talked about how... Uh, the American uh, mm-hmm. like special forces killed uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. And the way they embellished the uh, bin Laden raid in the game is exactly how the U.S. Army is saying that the al-Baghdadi thing went down. So it's like the things that they added to the game, the game to embellish to happened the more. next day in reality, according to them. We don't know. I mean, yet. that is the thing, right? Like, that is the underlying thing is like, well, we it can't just be like we did Bin Laden again. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but it's like, then there's this like life imitating art, art, you know what I mean? It's just like, but it's like now at this point where it's like, it's not like a game that is chronicling history. It's just like these two parallel tracks of like the Call of Duty you know what I mean? Forever war yeah. and our real forever war. And it's just like they're happening at the same time. And it's just like this well, is like, what... it's is the takeaway the call does can it imagine a time after the, the forever war? No. Okay. This is this is so this so is even like, if American hegemony had been a fully even more fully established at the end of this game, and I don't I'm not asking you to spoil the end of this game. Mm-hmm. But it is not like it's, there will always be more fights to have. There's there always, will, always don't worry out there will be it's a war even, to, there will be another war soon. Buddy. Right, I know. Right. No, but it's it's even it's, there's the Civil War... Wait, can we have a sequel until they find out they type more fucked up war shit and get different shit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. They'll find... Yeah. yeah. The nukes will drop in the next one. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's not only unable to imagine a time after these forever wars. It's like, even like the Syrian equivalent that they've set up, it's not like it's driving towards like, you know, reconciliation or peace or like rebuilding. It's like, no, this place is forever going to be fighting and we're always going to be involved in it. And Russia is always going to be involved in it. And we're just going to keep doing this forever. And it's not even in question. It's just like, this is what it is. It's like, this is our world. Our world is like endless war and these conflicts that we don't even understand. And like, yeah. 
to which degree the kind of subversive reading you're you're pursuing is that like even the game logic can't imagine a resolution following these sorts of actions. Yeah. The original Call of Duty... Which is not their intention necessarily, but that is what the logic ends up suggesting. The original Call of Duty series, by going to these like nonsensical, over-the-top imaginations about like how the Forever War will unfold, at least reached a conclusion. It ends. It's like nuclear bombs go off, Europe is invaded, like all this crazy <laughs> right. shit happened, yeah. but it ends. Like the, the end credits I roll. I a fucking fake McDonald's in that game. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's like, th- now we're at a point it's like, no, it's like, that's not going to happen. It's yeah. like, we're just going to keep, this is going to keep going forever. Yeah. We've, we've. Uh, yeah, they rebooted it. Like they right. said, they said like, ah, shit, we sort of ran, like, uh, we don't even <laughs> want to draw, we don't even want to write a conclusion. Let's just go back to the beginning yeah. and then just start the race all over again. Yeah, yeah totally. And there's something really, like depressing and yeah, I don't know. Like, there's something there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm curious about it. I'm like, I'm buy it on clearance. Curious about it more than I'm spend sixty dollars when it comes out. It see, it seems like the first campaign worth playing in a while. And what I mean by that is like caveat and like, what does it mean to be like worth, worth playing? playing? Like, yeah. it's 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 fascinating in what it's attempting to do. It's it is also like. I mean, I said it at the top, like it's gorgeous. Like, yeah, like the also, lighting in this game. Like they, the, the, they are they manage to, despite having played a billion of these games, seen so many things blow up. Um, there are like moments of genuine awe in which, like, you can see them. There's like a there's a world where like ah, like they're using technical prowess to inspire awe in me to generate a reaction out of a player that has been so numbed to seeing this that maybe they can. That itself is saying something, and I'll be curious what they do with it. You know, it, they don't. I don't see it. Doesn't do anything with it. It's more just like watching that factory blow up, and those people are on fire. Was like it, it, it awed me, but it didn't. Like it didn't pick up the pieces of that awe, and then like, and here's what we're doing yeah. with this reaction. It was like it's a reaction in service of the reaction, as opposed to reaction in service of. And here's here's what you should do with that reaction. Um, and so, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's very pretty. It's I mean, and I think Emmanuel is right. Like th- some of the technical stuff in which, like, there there are like just like sort of sequences that otherwise would be very rote, where like you're in darkness. They're scary as fuck. Like like they have legitimate tension as you're just like exploring a dark warehouse, um, in a way that I haven't felt in games like that in a long time. Um, but it mostly just feels like a series of isolated sequences mm-hmm. that I could point to you and go, oh, that's interesting because of X. That's right. interesting because of Y. Um, now granted I can't watch these cutscenes because they don't load on my machine, but I, even in the hour and a half I've played, I get the sense that it's, it, it, it like isolated bits that feel very powerful, but don't seem to be like wrapping into a more coherent whole in that it's telling in a, like an emotionally resonant story for the player in, in terms of what takeaways they should have about the, the stories they're interacting with. It's like, it's powerful, but it's not like capital P powerful. It's just like a series of moments that are interesting, but I, I don't know what they collectively add up to. Yeah, I, I mean, it just like, it's always been, the structure of the game has always been like a sequence of like, oh shit moments. And I just, I'm, and I agree, it doesn't add up to anything, but I at least want to give them credit in the sense that it's like, they've been trying to do that for many years and I think it hasn't worked. And here, it, I did go like, oh shit, I can't like, there's a moment in that uh, Benghazi level where it's like you go through the embassy, you retreat back to this alley, and you're defending your position. There's just like waves of people coming, and I was like at some point looking at how many 
bullets I had left, and I was looking at, like, oh, what other gun can I pick up to, like, survive this, like, next wave? And I was like, oh, there's nothing. And it's just that I was, like, thinking to myself, like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's like, like Price, oh, right. Price turned to me, like, he turns to my character, and he's like, listen, it's like, forget the mission. It's like, we're... We're just trying to like make it now, and it just it was like a good it was a good moment, like a good pacing thing where it's like the the character in the game was kind of commenting on what I as a player was feeling. So it's like they just they they pull off those moments, but yeah, like you say, Patrick, it doesn't it doesn't add up to yeah anything. And look, meaningful. you know, the Call of Duty has been building to this moment for a long time. You can finally shoot a baby. I mean, not far off. Actually. That moment almost happens in the in that tower sequence that they showed. In the in the right. um, what do you call it? The you can't no. House. You could sh- you could shoot a baby in this game, and then you fail the mission. Okay. Like they, yeah. There's go go look it. Up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look it up. If you want to go spoil that sequence for you, uh, I, I'm just saying the article. I think Eurogamer did like okay. a write up on like the baby shooting yeah, article. Uh, once yeah. you when once you start unpacking like the meetings that had to happen for like a sequence right. like that and how it plays out, like just rub temple. I would like somebody temple. to unpack because sometimes you shoot a civilian. And it's like, hey, man, no shooting civilians. Game over. But then sometimes you shoot a civilian, but it's like, oh, they were reaching for something. I would just like, what is the binary like on off switch to or, uh, in, the, in, the, in the London area? Like, which is, I think, like the second or third level in the game, which is where, um, you know, the, uh, there's a, a terrorist attack in London. Yeah. And like, it's supposed to be like, a, ah, th- you know, shit's crazy. Like, run around and like, um that all happens in the first like minute of the stage. And like, there's smoke everywhere. Like you can barely see anything. Like it's meant to like cause like a, you know, a nine 11 style. Mm-hmm. Like you are just running around, like just trying to survive. You don't know where the enemies are coming from. It's meant to be chaotic and you're not sure where to put your gun. And so like 30 seconds into that, I'm like, ah, f- fuck. I don't, um, looks like there's some enemies over there, like through the smoke, like pulled the trigger and like, accidentally shot a civilian in the game. It's like, game over, bro. Like, don't shoot civilians. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, actually, like, in this scenario, this is isn't thing. it more likely yeah. that there is going to be accidental, like, what is more naturalistic in this scenario is that, sure, if you want to point out that, like, I killed a civilian, like, make that point and weigh, have that weigh on me emotionally that, like, in the the, the fervor the, to pull left trigger, right trigger, like, I just shot a person trying to hide, but it's, completely uh, it's um, imaginable that that would happen the civilian crossfire would occur when people are just trying to survive and they don't even know where to shoot their gun so it's like very strange for the game to be like it's one thing if like i'm running through a house you know in you know you know syria or whatever and like i'm just gonna shoot this mother and the game's like hey come on like what are you what are you doing like it's but it's like something quite different to be like in the fog of war, like, bad shit's going to happen, and that should be, like, built into the game in some degree. Yeah. But I think, it, Emmanuel, like you said, the binary is, like, very strange. Like, at a certain point, it's like, don't, I, I don't know, I mean, I get like, the game is like, how, you can't be the hero if you're going around killing all the civilians. If you're, like, going, like, that is, I see how they're they caught in, like, a trap I'm there. I'm so sure they fucking tried it, and they're like, we're going to get streams where people count up how many civilians they can kill. Yeah. yeah. Collect them right, all. Right. Or whatever. Right. But, it, but it does. But, but I don't it, know that the solution is like. Be, like it then runs up against the limits. The more underlying thing that they that they need to represent you as a hero. Right. Like yeah. they, that that can't yeah. be changed. No, we can't do anything where you could play this game intentionally not being a hero. But it's like when you it's when you Quote try unquote. to figure out how to like code that into how a game it, yes. that it falls apart because it's like, what is the difference 
when you're rating like the equivalent of the bin Laden mm-hmm. compound between like there are mothers in that building. It's right. like what is the difference between a mother you shoot who is that leads to a game over and a mother you shoot where it's like no that was cool that was a bad that, mom. that one that one that one was a bad one because she had like a gun in the room it's like would the good mom not also maybe at some points like reach yeah, for the if, gun what if the good mom was in a different room it's like they don't know that it's like delta force like parachuting on the roof you know what i mean right, yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, totally. the whole thing it's yeah and all yeah mm. <laughs> mm. god all this shit is yeah. a mess uh well uh, good luck with spec ops road when that drops let me know what you think of the multiplayer. You've like dipped in. You haven't. Liked. I've dipped in. It's good. Um, How does it, did you play the last? What was the last? Call I played. Of Duty? I've I've dipped into all of them pretty much. Black uh, Ops Four was the last one, right? It was because I remember the four I think so, yeah. Roman numeral eyes next to each mm-hmm. other. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's interesting to like the later half of their pitch, which is like the gun, like bro, the the guns, bro, the guns. So yeah, bro, the, the guns. guns. Oh, okay, I just actually remembered part of their pitch that specifically the thing was like these guns are gonna make you feel fucking powerful, bro. And that was <laughs> Emmanuel just made a face. I wish I could capture. It was like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't that. It was like because I, I, I didn't. I don't remember that. I don't remember you saying that to me. But the way I feel about the guns, which is like. Look, it's Call of Duty. All you do in the game is shoot guns. It matters how the guns, of course, behave. That was, but that was I, the reason I'm pulling it out. Is because like that was specifically the disconnect I had. Was the first part of the pitch was you're gonna feel serious feelings about oh, the, the I strength yeah. that you'll have at your disposal. Look at the ways in which maybe maybe we should think twice before we deploy. Blah blah blah. I didn't say it in that framing, yeah. but that was like the the gesture, right? Because they actually made a comparison to the AC-130 level in Call of Duty. They compared the townhouse level, and pre- I bet that they if they had shown off the the Bin Laden, the faux Bin Laden raid level, they would also make that comparison of like, hey, isn't it fucked up that there's this discrepancy in in power? There's a discrepancy in the ability of force and technology between these two groups, and blah 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 blah. Uh, uh, but but then the second half of that pitch was like, yeah, fucking shotgun with a grenade launcher on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the, every game they say that they're comp- they completely overhauled whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I would say that it it does feel like a slightly different game because they did. It's like Call of Duty got to a point where all the guns felt like laser pointers, yeah, which is totally. it's, it's satisfying in the sense that they do what you want them to do. Yeah. But now it, it feels like a little bit, a little bit like a different game because uh, I don't know the, 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 the guns kick back in like a really aggressive, uh, startling way. Yeah. And I'm sure that will fade as people just get used to it. Yeah. But on first blush. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the multiplayer time that I had with that game a yeah. lot. And like that was the thing I wish I could have struggled with in that preview was like, hey, I'm very skeptical of their narrative pitch because of the way that they're emphasizing the technology over storytelling yeah. or the way those two things don't align. But I also really enjoyed my time playing the multiplayer in this game. How do I square those two things? Yeah. And that is, I couldn't do that in that preview because it was a, it was, I was not allowed to talk about having played the game, which yeah. was frustrating, but also probably led to a more focused preview anyway. Um, did you get a chance to play that like 64 player thing? I did not. We did like, we did like, you know, 10v10 and then 2v2. Yeah. How was the 64 player thing? I'm interested. I only played a couple of matches of it. I'm definitely interested in it. Um, I'm a, I love does the it feel battle- like Battlefield? Like what's It the- does a little bit. They're definitely taking some stuff from Battlefield in a sense that you can spawn on a squad of five, I think, okay. and you can squad on each member. You're like fighting for control points. Uh, yeah, it feels like a bunch of small Call of Duty maps connected together. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I need to play more, but it's like it's definitely the the, o- the only reason I will keep playing the game is if that part of it works because the deathmatch stuff it's yeah. it's what it's been. It's it's still that I am not interested in doing that anymore. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, thank you for of course giving us the rundown, Patrick. Before we go, you also have a review up on the site. Of the opposite video game, Luigi's Mansion. 3. I don't know. I guess you probably kill a bunch of ghosts in that. Yeah, that in a sense isn't Luigi doing a raid. Uh, the, the the ghosts are here's the thing. The Bullets come dead. out of your gun. Create a ghost. Ghosts go into the, the vacuum. Yeah, opposite. It's a circle. You, you shoot them with a gun to produce a ghost. <laughs> right. You use a vacuum to suck the ghost up. Put it in your backpack where they're slowly condensed into their bullet form. Then you shoot a, a ghost that is turned into a bullet, bullet into another person to create a new ghost. It's a cycle. Gotcha. What, how is Damn. Luigi's Mansion Damn, 3? Death Stranding is weird. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Honestly, that whole thing I just said could absolutely be a Death Stranding. 100% would And not. you guys haven't played it, so it's like, come at, come at it, Sony. They can't break embargo in front of shit. Yeah, you check, you check my account. I didn't play shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how is uh, Luigi's uh, Mansion? Luigi's Ma- Luigi Mansion 3, uh, perfectly competent. Um, and and I, I mean that, like, you know, for better and worse. Like, it is it is not going to convert anyone that has uh, not clicked with the Luigi's Mansion game in the past. It is uh, not, as I put it in, in sort of like the head of the review, like hardly ambitious, but I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it is it is what Luigi Mansion has always been, which is uh, you go around a bunch of, like, meticulously crafted rooms and hallways blow the shit out of them with your vacuum and then suck, suck up the the good stuff um it's uh and most of what and most of what you you like suck up with your vacuum is money and i had this like as of my review with like sort of this existential crisis about like it's a fairly long game it took me 15 hours i think it'll take people closer to like 12 i got like really hung up on a puzzle midway through that mm. like Made me want to throw my switch, but I think I was just missing. It was just one of those where you miss something obvious, and I don't think other people will have the same issue with. Um, but uh, I got like eight hours in, and I like got all this money, and I'm like, "There's nothing to buy." Yeah, I'm like collecting all this money. I have so much money. You can buy extra lives, like for like the game. Surprisingly, uh, difficult bosses will like revive you mid battle instead of going all the way to the beginning um you can buy markers for the map that let you find the game's uh two sets of collectibles you're not buying upgrades for your vacuum you're not buying anything nothing it's just new outfits that's the main for, thing you do in this Luigi? game nothing you're not nothing. getting nothing hmm. you bought it at all already there isn't is anything? There nothing to hmm? buy in the first place there's just not you just you collect all this money, and for what? Nothing, Nothing. Yeah. to collect the money, so to collect more Jeff money. Jesus. And but but that has been that has been Luigi's like for a little while. I was like, ah, shit! Like I'm having a moment over like what I've done for the last eight hours. And the moment was because well, I'm having fun doing it. This is all pointless. Like this is not. There is no end to this. The end. Like the end is this. Is just it's cool to collect it for the sake of collecting it. And I'm usually someone that. Uh, Pushes back on that stuff. Like, I've always made the argument that I think collectibles for collectibles sake in games like Uncharted, where it's just like, I don't know, you hit a statue around that corner. It was like not fun and enjoyable yeah. to to do that. It's just there to give you a list to check off so that you get a trophy. And like, I find that to be so empty. And I've usually, Nintendo is a company that when they do collectibles, they're very smart about it. It's like the journey to get that collectible is enjoyable. The collectible is just the end of stage, you know, like, cha-da, like, you did it. It's The collectible is just 
it's just there to have something at the end. But like how you got there, like the discovery, the secret, like the tug and pull you have with the designer um, to get there, that's the enjoyable part. And they're usually very good at that. But Luigi's Mansion is just like, eh, not really. Um, and it's just like the main thing you do in this game. Yes, you fight ghosts. Yes, you solve some puzzles. But the main thing you do is suction up money for no reason, for no end. But Luigi's Mansion has always been about that. The core of the game has always been being yeah. an agent of chaos, blowing up beautiful, blowing up like meticulously crafted small rooms in which Luigi's Mansion 3, those rooms are more beautiful than ever. And you can they fuck them up. Like, <laughs> you can How fuck them up like they, in more ways than you've ever been able to before. The big pitch at E3 was that they were like, each of the hotel floors has like a cool theme. So you're kind of getting a yeah. nice variety of locations and places. Does that mean that you can, like, how did that land for you? And does it make the rooms more fun to fuck up because they're themed differently? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes and no. It's like, yeah, there's a club one. Yes, there's a museum one. Like, there's a very liberal interpretation of, like, what happens in a hotel. Yeah, what? In I don't Mansion understand 3. why there's, like, a medieval... <laughs> there's a straight-up... Yeah. Oh, dude, there's a straight-up museum that has, like, a houses an enormous Tyrannosaurus Rex. And it's like, cool, whatever. Like, sure. it's, you know, I mean, I, I laughed when... Uh, I, I did a, a, a stream this morning and I mentioned that my, my Luigi's Mansion review is going live and I can't tell if this person was being serious or not because I've lost the plot at this point on what is and isn't a spoiler in a review. Um, was like, are there any story spoilers? And I was like, my friend, there is nothing to spoil. <laughs> like, Luigi's Mansion 3 does not, it has a plot, it does not have a story because uh, it's it's just not, it's just, it's a means to an end. It's like, ah, he goes to a, a mansion and his friends are kidnapped so yeah. he can go through these floors, right? Things like it's are fucking wild, aren't they? Because <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this with Outer Worlds too of like, how much of the, I, so specifically I was trying to, cons- I was trying to figure out why is it that I haven't, not trying to figure out, like I wasn't like, like a fucking calculation, it was a thought I had like in the shower was like, why have I put so much fucking time in Outer Worlds and none into Disco Elysium? And the answer is like, Disco Elysium requires a different sort of work than Outer Worlds. I like Outer Worlds the way like, Someone might like rowing a boat, which is like there is a there is a mecha- there's a mechanics of what I'm doing. There is like a motion that I'm going through when I shoot someone in the head and go over and loot their corpse in outer worlds. And when I clear a room and that's just like, oh, yeah, this I'm doing this thing. This is a, oh, yeah, I like doing this dance. Like this is a dance I like. And I like <laughs> this Elysium too, but it's like reading a book in contrast. There's a very intent. It's a di- I'm using different muscles, you know, mm-hmm. um, video games. And so like Luigi's Mansion, it's just it's like, yeah, do you like blowing shit up in a room and then sucking up all that stuff in a vacuum and then like doing that motion and seeing that cool stuff happen. It's like, it's like a hobby in a sense. I'm not, this is not new. You know what I mean? But I do think the way, the way you get to like, are there any story spoilers is because we've convinced ourselves that video games are narrative devices and maybe not necessarily spend as much time being like, ah, sometimes they're fun. They're toys. They're fun toys that we play with. Yeah. And that's not, a, um, that's not a drag on Luigi's Mansion. You know, that's a, that's a th- thumbs up. And to Luigi's toys. Mansion is a toy. Yeah. It's like, it is like if, if Mario's verb is jump and Luigi's Mansion's verb is like the, the like the, you know, the suctioning, it's like if that interaction like doesn't like provide any joy for you, like if you do not get sh- like, any response out of like, like blowing this wind around a room and watching what happens, like not, nothing yeah. else works in the game. Like it is all pred- like so much of the game is buffered by whether that particular mechanic like works for you. And if it goes over your head, like it's not like there's other parts, you know, like in Outer Worlds, like the combat's, eh, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. delete it and like it's fine. Um, 
but most people are there for the story and the combat like buffers in between. Like there's other things to grapple onto. And in Luigi's Mansion, like the thing you grapple onto is this. And if you've liked it before, which I did, like, I liked it in Luigi's Mansion. I didn't play Dark Moon, but I, I'm sure I would have had a similar reaction um, in which like this is enough. But I will say the end of Luigi's Mansion 3 like got to the end and was like, okay, this is this won't be – I mean, you know, take five years off and yeah. whatever. Like plenty of things seem fresh again, but like – they're going. They're revisiting Luigi's Mansions at a pace now, where it's like I expect another one of these in three years. Three yeah. years. I don't know that I'm gonna be able to like get the energy to like. I feel like I've I've suctioned up <laughs> like enough shit. Like they need to put Luigi's Mansion in, like whatever that is. It doesn't need to be an open world, right? Like that, open the solution world. to like have Luigi raid yeah. Bin Laden's compound, suck up all the coins. Yeah. Uh, to what you were saying about like different kinds of play and like yeah, what you yeah. feel like playing at the moment my wife doesn't play games at all and she asked me once like what do you like like what makes you like a game more than another game and i said i like games that are more like a really good bouncy ball than a good book it's huh. like i really like games that are toys yeah uh, more than i do well, we had this conversation earlier this year which was like sekiro broke you because yeah. you loved it so much. I broke your taste for games. Oh, yeah. We're like, <laughs> sure. We, there were months where you were like, you'd come over to me and like, what, what are you playing? What's, what are you playing right now? Like looking for a fix because yeah. nothing had given you the like kinetic high that Sekiro yes. had. Yeah. You're like, what is it, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw? I can get I, I convinced I myself that it's that, but I it wasn't. You, I knew it wasn't. I knew <laughs> yeah. it wasn't. It's fine. The game's all right. It's good. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. But it wasn't going to go like Sekiro no. is such a distinct thing. It's nothing, a really good bouncy ball. So far this year, nothing has topped the bouncy ballness of like doing the counters in yeah. Sekiro. Like yeah. nothing comes close. Yeah. That yeah. feeling is so fucking fantastic. Yeah. Oh man. Video games. Good year for them. You should play Outer Wilds. Yeah, that seems like a novel. It's Not, like, less a, like a bouncy it, well, ball. There are bouncy ball elements. Because yeah. you're like, all right, I gotta fucking land this ship on this moon. Uh-huh. Like, how do I do that? And then you get, there's a good, there's a, there is, once you get over the, Wait, did you say like, Outer Worlds or Wild? Wild. wild. Okay, okay, I yes, said Wild. Yes, yes, this yes, time wild. I actually said the right thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Outer Wild. I heard it wrong. Has yeah. a good bouncy baldness to <laughs> okay, it. Okay, great. It also is a great story. Yeah. yeah. Every, every, one second, I have to open my email. I'm opening my email right now because we got a letter about this and I want to read it. Okay. I'm going to not read the whole thing because I'm, I'm spoiler conscious with the game that I love. If I type in Outer Wilds here, we got an email. We use an email as a question bucket. This is gamingadvice.com. All right. Tim writes in, subject line, yo, this game kicks ass, huh? Started playing Outer Wilds after you talked about it. And damn, this is a game, huh? Like, everything is cool. There is so much wild stuff to see. And the story is wild. They tried to failed, and they all... Because of, like, hundreds of thousands of... Uh, and then they... Video games are great, y'all. Fucking love these things. Peace. Shout out to Tim. Everyone should play Outer Wilds. Everyone should play Outer Wilds. Give it 90 minutes. If you hate it, it's okay. Move on. But it is a special game that people should play. Outer Wilds is my, like... It's not my Sekiro, because Sekiro is my Sekiro. I love Sekiro a lot, too. Good year for video games. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for us. We even dipped in the question bucket. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Patrick, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Patrick Kulbeck. I just want to uh, share this tweet from uh, Open Critic, which is an alternative to yeah. Metacritic. Um, if you've been, if, I'm sure everyone has... You've seen a GIF from the new WWE oh, game. Oh, my God. It seems to it's be so fucking good. Absolutely. All, those games are often disasters, but this one seems to be it's the first time they switched from Ukes to internal uh, 2K team. Yeah. And it just seems to have gone. They needed to give those folks another year to uh, find their footing. They did not, and they pushed this game out the door. So Open Critic shared 
in this tweet. It says, one nice thing we can say about WWE uh, 2K20, it helped us find a display bug. When 0% of critics recommend a game, we incorrectly displayed a percentage question instead of 0%. (laughs) Fixed in the next deploy. (laughs) Wow. Miserable. There's other news and stuff we could hit today. Overwatch 2 is apparently happening. There's other stuff we could talk about. I said we kick that stuff to Friday. We'll we'll get to that when that stuff happens. happens. Uh, BlizzCon will be this weekend. Is that this this weekend? Okay. BlizzCon is this weekend? Yeah. BlizzCon. So we'll see how that goes. We'll be back on Friday to talk more. Uh, We'll talk about Death Stranding on Friday. Is that correct? We can. I'm oh, yeah. so excited to hear about people talking about Death Stranding. When does that game come out? Is it on Friday? I think it comes out November eighth. A week after. A that. week oh, after. Yeah. Yeah. What out. a miserable yeah. week that's going to be for yeah. me. I'm just. Yeah. I want to play. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what that game is. I don't care if it's good. Same. I need to. I need to do it myself. <laughs> I. It's. I have. Look, you know what? At this point, like Call of Duty, like we've been so exhausted by the the COD discourse yes. that even like a game like. Cod where you can shoot a baby like doesn't like barely register. I gotta carry a baby but across the, the country. The thing, the thing, the thing with the world needs that is that the 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 Kojima discourse is always like <laughs> it's just unbelievable. All the way through the roof. Like, it's just it's it's just everywhere. Like, it doesn't matter if the game's good or bad. Like Hideo Ko- Kojima, like he brings it. For the critics, yeah, the man. Critics, for the discourse, just we're gonna chatter away. We're gonna have takes. There's gonna be bad takes. There's gonna be good takes. Amazon same day shipping. <laughs> Amazon. That's the whole game. The whole game is Amazon same day shipping. I didn't say that. Okay, yeah, you didn't say that. You didn't, I did. <laughs> I'm saying the premise of the game is you're a shipment. You're the person. Sony PR. Okay, you no, can't no, say Austin shit. So, yeah, yeah, no, this is good. Said. This is. I'm like train. We're like I'm like throwing beanbag at you. Like block, block, <laughs> pop, pop, pop. We got you in the Karate Kid like. Danger zone. You're blocking all the <laughs> shit I'm throwing at you. God damn. All right. Death Stranding on Friday. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other stuff too. Catch us then. Uh, Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Uh, Emmanuel, where are you on Twitter? Wait, I didn't get... I didn't... Well, only Patrick talked. Kato, where are you? I'm going to come around to Emmanuel. Ka- <laughs> at A underscore Kato underscore appears. Emmanuel. Ask.bargains. Put it in your URL. You'll find, you'll find what? me. Yeah. Ask, ask bargains. Ask.bargains. Ask.bargains. At, no, I'm putting in ass dot. That is it. No, that is correct. Ass dot bargains. That is the correct. Oh, okay. You, was, you did not miss here. <laughs> ass dot bargains. What a great URL. Welcome to the URL club. Yeah. Uh, you can find us. Uh, you can find our, our forums at discourse.zone. You can find out more about Bowen. If you let us use the track, miss you. Uh, Waypoint.zone slash B O E N. What are our, our URL game? Our URL game is much smaller than it used to be. I think once yeah. we stopped streaming, we started. Did we let URLs. some domains go? They weren't ever ours. The only um, one. The only one that I have hands on this is this is a call to action is waypoint zone because I bought it and then that's me that's just out of pocket but we never did we never got a motherboard TV like yeah. y'all got back in the day Emmanuel place <laughs> yeah. <Mice> ain't shell <laughs> out <laughs> shit for pyramid for uh, digital pyramids or whatever I don't know what we have left I'll have to do a, uh, a haunted survey. domains is haunt oh is that still up I'm pretty sure haunted domains haunted is. dot domains I believe that's what it was yeah haunted dot domains you can have refinery twenty nine I don't think that's a real it. thing oh it's haunted Wow. <laughs> you just put that out there. Wow. Ooh, spicy. Getting spicy on the mic. All right, we're going to wrap up now before Emmanuel gets too spicy about the place we work at. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back on let's Friday. Let's talk about snacks. Let's, let's talk about snacks. Let's talk what happened. All right, Wait, real quick. Hold on. Time out. Fresh. Time out. Go we got this. We're doing oh, the waypoint oh, thing. Oh, God damn. No, it's fine. 
I, so there was a thing that happens in media is that uh-huh. media reports on media. Uh-huh. And a thing that's happened for us for years has been articles that come out and they go like, yo, situation advice is dire. Uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes, let me tell you, the situation advice is dire. We've lived through it. We've gone through low moments. An article came out fairly recently, last few months, before the Refinery29 stuff. Um, that was like, blah, 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 here's where morale is at, here's concerns about blah, 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 TV show, da, 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 da. It's, it's the business. I don't mind saying that this is conversations. But in it, someone definitely reported to whoever that reporter was about the current snack situation here. And I've never <laughs> felt more embarrassed to be like a New York media person yeah. than some, like, I want to be one. The snack situation here got dire. I'm not saying that that's not true. But <laughs> okay. two, if whoever, if Can you describe what that her, means at least? Like, what does that mean? Okay, so the two big ones for me are okay. this time last year, what was the drink situation like? An assortment of sodas, an including Diet Coke. Sodas, including Diet Coke. Three options hey, is not an beer. assortment. No, that's not true. It was way more than that. It was way more than three. What? Yeah, absolutely. I never saw anything other than Diet Coke, Coke, and ginger ale. Oh, God. There was a time when you could get a cherry Coke here. What the yeah. fuck? Coke, Coke Zero. Coke Zeros. You could get seltzer waters Jesus of flavors. Christ. It was great. It was, yeah. a, it was a cornucopia. On fuck. the snack front, uh-huh. you had full bags of fruit snacks. <laughs> you had, I mean, you had, so right now it's like, what, various nuts. It's, uh-huh. are there, cereals are still here. Cereal. Cereals. Uh, uh, what else? Yogurts. Uh, yogurts and string cheeses. It's great. I, I, I thought about just stuff. There's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Fresh fruit. Kind bars, fresh fruits. I think the snack situation is kind of fine. Yeah. It's the beverage situation that had me a little, yeah. a little tipsy. You know what I mean? Actually, not tipsy because as Patrick points out, they got rid of beer. Yeah. We own a beer company, mm-hmm. but the beer is gone. Uh-huh. So I don't Do we still own that beer I company? I don't know. <laughs> are they still making... I don't know. There was a brewery in this building briefly that was a fake yeah, brewery. Correct. But took up space. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the point is, if someone called me, if someone was like, hey, is this Austin Walker? I'm uh, media elite so-and-so, and we're going to run a story about how you're, you're disgruntled at work. Tell me what's up. I would never in my life be uh, like, I miss when we had fruit snacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yep. that's, I'm just saying, if you're listening to the podcast and you're in a place of business and someone's like, hey, yo, what's up? What's the situation there? Please be like, I want there to be better ways for our freelancers to get paid quickly Correct. instead of it would be cool if we had the fruit snacks again. Yeah, the snacks are a distraction. Condé Nast are... has a vending machine. It's okay. Right. No, that's yeah. the thing. Is I used yeah. to be at CBS Interactive. We didn't get free shit. We, okay, we got free sodas. Free sodas and, and you know, a bagel Friday because it's New York. Uh, but no, it was all it was all vending machines. Of course, it was like yeah. Outer Worlds out here. I'm out there like <laughs> yeah. swiping my card, trying to trick it into giving me an extra thing. Uh, anyway, my point is, <laughs> my point is, complain about the material situation. Correct. Please don't complain about not having peanut butter M&M's anymore, even though peanut butter M&M's were dope. Dope, yeah, so. good. All right, that's going to do it. Do you remember what this is about? Uh, oh, I lost it. Fuck. I don't. It had to do with birds. Is it the art? Oh, did you learn that dot bird dot school? What? Did you learn that at dot bird dot school? What are you talking about? I mean, what? that's one of our redirects. Bird dot school? <laughs> yeah. Did you learn that at bird school? Wait, is the whole the whole thing is a redirect? Yeah, did you did learn that you at learn that at dot bird dot school dot bird dot school? Yeah, at dot bird dot no school? no no just dot bird dot. Did you school. learn that bird school? No, did you learn that at? That's what I said, but not the at symbol. This is we're doing an Abbott <laughs> and Costello bit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think this is a real one. What is that? What is that referencing? I don't no know. Idea. That's what I'm wondering. 
A thing that happens because we talk into <laughs> microphones a lot, and I've, I've to the degree that I've told this bit before, is people will be like, we'll just tweet a joke at you that you said out of context yeah. from last week. And then it'll just be like a phrase, like, did you learn that at bird school? And I'll be like, what, <laughs> what the, the fuck, fuck are you talking <laughs> about? Who said shit about bird school? I'm ending the podcast. We've gone too oh, long. Oh, that one doesn't work anymore. See, this Damn. is the thing. We got to do a... We gotta do a, a what do you call it when you uh, an, an audit, audit of uh, all yeah. of our domains? A domain audit. Catch me at domain.audit. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go home. Games you should go home. Fuck capitalism. Fuck games. capitalism. Go Question home. Mark, games go home. Games <laughs> Fuck capitalism. Go home. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow, big, big Patrick in front of us now. Just Patrick. All right. We wait, are back. Wait. Uh, we're not back. <laughs> no, not back. Hold on. New mic entering wait, wait. the situation. Mm, thank you for waiting, Emmanuel. Oh, no apologies. Worries. Okay. Talking to that mic. Hello. Hello. Am I good? Yeah, you should be good. <sighs> you just played Flappy Bird. I think that might have been one of the greatest levels I've ever played, Kato. Wow. Honestly, straight up. Wow. It's pretty good. I had a, I had a, I, I felt, I felt like I was going to unlock the, the <laughs> mysteries of the universe at the end. Cthulhu was going to emerge. Um, okay, I, I you had like me, feel, and then should, should Mario <laughs> be unlocking Cthulhu? Like, I, is that I, a transcendent yeah, experience? I honestly felt like I was going at the end, like, like, the 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 unit. What's the equation they're talking about in outer worlds? The whatever, whatever that the is. Equation. I, the equation. I found. I yeah. found it. That's the music in the in that level was the equation. What was that song? I don't know. I feel it felt like, like I something could... normal, like slowed down. Yeah. In a, but like it was just it was, it was eerie. It was like <laughs> legitimately like unnerving. The whole experience. Optimizing for flaps. Like flaps. that's a, a new one for me it's playing good. Mario. All right. <clears throat> uh, no one's sitting on anything that we I don't know about, right? Like in terms of games, it's all, it's all shit that has been pretty well. No, Luigi, Outer Worlds, yep. and COD. Yep. Okay. Cool. I was at a restaurant and I was sitting next to a group of guys who I slowly realized were wannabe YouTubers. Great. And it was, you know, when I started to clue in, like, what they were all about was when one of them started holding forth on how pro Jared set himself up. <laughs> um, 
and oh, no. let himself. Excuse? Uh, but yeah, dude. It it wasn't. It wasn't. Aware? It wasn't. Pro Jared did nothing wrong. The take was Pro Jared was wrong because he let himself get caught being right, a creep. Right. That was the take, right. and I was right. like, okay, oh. like. So it I started a lot of. Did you? Were they talking about the like? So. He did that like apology, and then he did a non-apology. This is a little while ago. It didn't get like any mainstream attention, but he did like a ninety-minute. I'm gonna show you the receipts. Yeah, yeah, video. yeah, yeah. I got like ten minutes in and was and pieced out, but it was it's so. A- to complete the picture, um, so MK heard this part. Uh, later, she was like, yeah, one of them was, they were talking about, like, if you ever got a celebrity on your channel, and one of them was talking about, like, if you had someone like uh, Rihanna on your on your channel, like, you wouldn't want it to get, like, too sexual and be, like, weird with your guest, but if it got sexual, that'd be good content. Uh, and well, when not- they... What? <laughs> It's not gonna. Dude, when my guys and then when my guys got up and paid for the dinner, um, one of them like put his headphones back on because you know you gotta you gotta rep the life. Yeah. The other dude, I shit you not, had a model uh, Nagin bat from The Walking Dead, and what? it was like. It was like the dirtbag trifecta. They were all like they were all like eighteen. Yeah, if, of course. If they were a debt, like, it was rough, man. It, it was like being bad. Ha- like bad. There's so much bad YouTube culture, and like it was sort of a firsthand, like, oh man, people do just aspire to be like a YouTube piece of garbage. Like in the vein of like the most garbage YouTubers, they're like, yeah, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell, God. At least there's teenagers making great memes about history on TikTok. At least there's that. That's You're the right. thing. We needed a bunch of TikTok team, uh, teens to show up and just wreck those kids. That would have been <laughs> the best, honestly. We needed, like, the uh, bathroom stall rodeo teens to show up and mm-hmm. just, like, uh, hogtie those kids. <laughs> um. All right. We should do a clap. Yeah, we should. Uh, do you want to do 15? Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, okay. <laughs> Let's do 20 then. Sorry, I was I was tweeting out my review. No worries. Uh, okay. I didn't hear the acknowledgement on 20. Uh, can we do 30? <laughs> sure. I was not there yet. Let's do 40. <laughs> I thought I'd get there. I really did. Patrick, get ready. Kato, put We're it doing in. 40. We're doing 40. All right. Okay. Uh, You know what? I'm taking a sip of coffee. It sounds like we are out of sync this morning, so. Mm. No, we are. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That was my mistake this morning. Mm. Not getting coffee.